1061 Nash Icon, Picayune, New Orleans. Good morning, and welcome to the 29th year of the Three Tailgaters Show on 1061 FM Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. The Three Tailgaters Show is presented by CrescentCitySports.com, the best sports site in Louisiana. The Three Tailgaters Show is also presented by the Allstate Sugar Bowl, representing the best of amateur athletics, and by Francesca's by Katie's in New Orleans, serving up St. Louis-style food with a New Orleans flair. The Three Tailgaters are also brought to you by Lamarck Ford and Lamarck Lincoln, by LifeGate Church in Metairie, Bergeron Automotive in Metairie, by Premier Automotive with locations throughout the New Orleans area, Segnet Landing Restaurant and Swamp Tours in West Wego, Petri Transport Services, John Curtis Christian School in River Ridge, Life Resources Ministries, and by the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. Promotional consideration is provided by Central City Barbecue on South Rampart Street, Venezia Restaurant on North Carrollton Avenue, Two Tony's Restaurant at West End, Porter View Restaurant in Metairie, Reginelli's Pizzeria with locations throughout the metro area, Yield College Inn on Carrollton Avenue, Messina's at the Terminal and Runway Cafe at Lakefront Airport, by Copeland's of New Orleans and Kenner, Desi Vegas Seafood and Steakhouse in Metairie, Chateau Cafe with locations in New Orleans and Kenner, Moe's Pizza in West Wego, Hooters Restaurants in Metairie and Gretna, Gio's Pizza and Spaghetti House in Metairie, Hobnobber Cafe in Metairie, Fat Boy's Pizza on Metairie Road, by Mike Sirio's Pooh Boys in Delhi on St. Charles Avenue, by That's Amore Pizzeria in Metairie, Bears Pool Boys on Causeway Boulevard at Metairie Road, and by Sunray Grill on Belchase Highway in Gretna. Now here are your hosts of the Three Tailgaters Show, Ed Daniels, Sports Director of WGNO and WNOL, CrescentCitySports.com and the Clarion Herald, and Cumulus Radio New Orleans Sports Director Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com, the Saints Hall of Fame Museum, the Greater New Orleans Quarterback Club, Life Resources Ministries, and Delgado Baseball. And a pleasant good morning and welcome to another edition of the Three Tailgaters Show here on Nash Icon 1061 FM on the web at nashfm1061.com. Our tune-in app is available for you to listen anywhere in the world via iHeart. You can catch us at home via Alexa. Tell her to play WRKN. Podcast available following the show at crescentcitysports.com. Left column, click on podcast. You can always email us, edit wgno.com, Ken at crescentcitysports.com, or call in at 504-260-1061, 504-260-1061. Much to get into this morning. We'll do it all. College baseball underway, college basketball in full flight, high school sports, of course, the Saints, and what's happening there, post-Super Bowl script, and the Pelicans, among other things. And we always delve into these topics and more with my good and great friend and co-host Ed Daniels of WGNO of CrescentCitySports.com, the Clarion Herald, and 1061 FM. Good morning, Ed. Kenneth, how are you? I'm doing fine. It's always a pleasure and great to have you with us. And again, mentioned much to talk about today, but we're going to start with horse racing because it's a big day at fairgrounds today. It's Road to the Derby Day, Louisiana Derby Preview Day at fairgrounds, race course and slots, and you talk about a big day with big stakes races. That's it for today. And, and if this gentleman's father was with us right now, he'd give us nothing but losers, right, Ed? Well, he'd be picking muttering right now. Yeah, I hear you. 
great, great to be joined by Mike Diliberto, outstanding clocker, handicapper, par excellence, call him what you want. Uh, just a good guy and, uh, of course, knows the sport inside out. Uh, Mike, always a pleasure. Good morning to you. And good morning to both of y'all also. Uh, you know, I'm laughing. You're talking about my daddy. And I'll tell you a quick little story because uh, Ed, Ed would really appreciate this because Ed knew him really well. When we were at the Derby one year, and it was the, and just because it came up with uh, Usher at the halftime of the Super Bowl, well, Usher was like in his second year of really a couple of big hits. And on Fridays, we'd have to leave the track about three races left to run to go to the radio station so he could do the radio show. So we're coming down an escalator, and as we get halfway down, he notices it's wall-to-wall people everywhere you're looking. He goes, oh, my God, what's going on? We ain't going to be able to get through to get out to get to the car to get to the radio station. And so he says, well, let me go see what's going on. And he's, he's leading the pack. Dave Millions and Joe Sherman all were right behind him. Now, all of a sudden, he, buddy comes, daddy comes running back up and says, oh, man, man, I, I, I'll, I'll get big out is uh, one of the ushers must have collapsed, and they're all trying to help him. And everybody says, oh, usher, usher, they're trying to help the usher. <laughs> and they just goes, oh, buddy, he's a famous show singer, and they all want to get his autograph. He goes, oh, okay, okay, I didn't know what, the, what that was all about. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can see him doing that, huh? <laughs> so, oh, so no doubt. Um, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> They know that. Uh, what, you know, you, what, guys, uh, what you're saying, what you're saying is that Dad would have really enjoyed the Super Bowl halftime show, and he probably would have been on Usher. He would have bet the under on the number of songs, I would imagine, and he would have lost, right? So. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, today this is one of the best cards, top to bottom, uh, that the fairgrounds has ever put on. I mean, a lot of full fields and all, but the weather's gonna, you know, kind of damper it a little bit because. Uh, the earlier races are off the turf, but they're going to try to run the two greatest stake races uh, uh, on the turf, races 10 and 12. But uh, the Louisiana Derby prep, the Risen Star, uh, you couldn't find a deeper field anywhere in the country so far this year. Five of the top 10 three-year-olds are all in this race. And, I mean, you know, y'all know the names. we got Matt Houston has a couple, Todd Fletcher, Billy Mott, Chad Brown. I mean, we got all of the names, the who's who of horse racing trainers with horses trying to take that next step. And I think a lot has to do with the fact that our progression is a little quicker than some of the other tracks, but we're already at the mile and an eighth distance. And then we can go to a further distance, mile and three sixteenths to Louisiana Derby, which would be another sixteenth to the Kentucky Derby, which is a mile and a quarter. So, uh, you know, the local horse, track phantom, Steve Asperson, hasn't done anything wrong. And in five career starts, he's actually – races so he's a improving young horse that's already proven over the track he's two for two here at the fairgrounds winning the gun runner and then winning the comp both very impressively got to give him a shot uh with jose uh, rosario joel rosario aboard uh a couple of other ones uh, sierra leone this is a lightly race coach he's only had two starts uh paid 2.3 million for this one uh, chad brown's people did and he's a son of gun runner uh, you know, so gun runners have done really well around the country the last several years. Uh, this coach broke his maiden, and then he immediately stepped him into a grade two stake race, going a mile and an eighth at, in the Remsen Stakes at Aqueduct, and he made a big move from last and went by everybody and actually got his neck in front late in the race, and then he kind of ducked in and kind of lugged in, and the, uh, you know, the other horse came back on the rail and beat him a nose. But now Chad Brown's putting blinkers on him because I think maybe 
that would maybe he'll be more concentrated straight ahead. And so, I mean, I think he's got a big shot in here. Um, there's several other ones. Asmussen has another one. You're talking about, you know, that one was $2.3 million. The Seven Horse, Hall of Fame is his name. And he was extremely impressive breaking his maiden here by 10 and a quarter lengths uh, back on January 20th. They paid $1.4 million for him, and he's a son of gun runner. <laughs> and uh, that same day, he ran 144-1, and one, winning his maiden race by 10 lengths. Track Phantom, who won the LeCompte a couple races later, ran 144-3, and three, two lengths slower. So Hall of Fame could be, you know, one of those young, improving young horses that's, you know, moving up the ladder. Uh, Todd Fletcher has, uh, you know, a horse named Cardinal in here that's another one to win in the second and two starts. Uh, Brad Cox has Catching Freedom, who went over to Oakland and won the Smarty Jones by two and a half. He's got Louis A. as aboard here today. Uh, believe me, from top to bottom, this is a deeper feel as you ever want to see for, for, for a prep race for, for the Kentucky Derby and, uh, and the Louisiana Derby. So it should be a great race, and you got a, a full field. Right now we got 12 horses in the race. Nobody scratched. And so I need, I need a winning exacta box, Mike. That's what I need. I, well, you know what? I would have to be, I would go with three horses. So I would go with Track Phantom, Sierra Leone, and Hall of Fame. Those, two, those three look like they have the most upside to me. They got a couple okay, other ones not- that are coming off of a little bit of layoffs and all. And I think, you know, at a mile and an eight, that might not be the best distance for them right off the bat off of a layoff. But I think those three horses look like they're really doing well and seem to be improving with each start. So that, that was what that, that's where I'd land on. But uh, believe me, from top to bottom, it's really, really a very competitive race. In fact, I have one, two, three, four. Five horses between seven to three and a half to one and six to one. So it shows you how competitive the field is. It's really, really a good race, and hopefully everything will go well and that track will start to dry out a little bit. They abbreviated training this morning and closed the track at 9 o'clock so they can start working on it. And if that rain stays gone, then, you know, maybe by the time they get around to this race at 548, that it, it could actually be upgraded to maybe to maybe good because uh, – you know, they'll be working on it and trying to get that, you know, back to where it'd be in a good shape. So I've got to do uh, a couple of Delgado games today. If I see Coach Sherman on the phone in the middle of the game, should I assume that he's putting down a wager <laughs> on the seventh race? <laughs> I would think that would be a very good guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what happened? You know what happened? You know what happened to the last baseball coach who was on the phone uh, uh you know, Whoops. making a wager. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> he, he's not. He's not doing too well. Yeah, well, Coach, Coach Jay, right. One thing about Coach, he reminds me of my daddy a lot. You love sports, including horse racing. <laughs> I tell you what, another race that's a it's a small field because mm-hmm. Brad Cox scratched uh, West Omaha in the 13th race. The Rachel Alexander, which is a Grade Two stake, the prep race for the yeah, Fairgrounds Oaks. And believe me, this race has been a dynamite race over the years. Uh, more Kentucky Oaks winners have come from the Rachel Alexander and the Fairgrounds Oaks than any other racetrack in the country over the last 25 years. That's pretty impressive. So, I mean, what, Really, what really seen? competitive field. Uh, intricate, a coach, uh, Philly Nate, uh, trained by Brandon Walsh, uh, another one that was really doing good as a two-year-old. She won her first time, uh, ran third or fifth the first time out. Then he stretched it out to two turns. She went by three and a half. 
Then he went to grade two stakes, and she went by five and a half. And Brett, uh, Brendan, Brendan Walsh decided, I'm going to put her on the shelf and bring her back, just like he did last year. He had a filly named Pretty Mischievous, who was at the fairgrounds. She got beat once, she won once, and then she went on to win the Kentucky Oaks after that. And I think he's trying to do the same thing with this filly. Uh, uh, Brad Cox has two of them in it at a pretty, pretty tough horses. Uh, Alpine Princess, she won her last two, including the Untappable at the fairgrounds. And Tarifa, another one, who's uh, won her last start at the fairgrounds. Uh, one of the horses might go off the favorite, another one coming off of a little bit of a freshening for uh, Kenny McPeak, BB's Dream. She actually uh, ran uh, second in the grade one at Keeneland in the Ashland, and then they put her on the fence in October, and she's come back and worked very well. So for a six-horse field, very competitive group of horses, and I guarantee you one or more of these horses will end up in the Kentucky Oaks. <laughs> Pretty impressive. We're going to get John Dooley's take here in a couple of minutes. You, you mentioned your, your best thoughts about today. Quick question about you know the, the three-year-olds. We We've had so many good Kentucky Oaks contestants and winners coming out of here at Fairgrounds, not so much on the Derby side. Is it a matter of the top trainers choosing other venues to prepare rather than coming here, or how do you see that? Well, you know, I think we've had a lot of really good horses here over the last several years that ran in the Kentucky Derby, but the fact that very to me, very rarely over the last ten or fifteen years, the best horse usually don't win the Derby. The horse that gets the best trip wins it. And you know, if you go to Epicenter, and there's been several other ones that have gone on and win the big greatest greatest stakes after this race, and they got in a little trouble or didn't get the best trip, and they ended up you know third or fourth or second. And I, I just think you know when you got twenty horses in the field, it, you know everything comes into play with you know what kind of trip you're going to get and. I think that has something to do with it. But uh, we've, we've, over the last few years, we've had a lot of really top three-year-olds who have gone on and won grade ones around the country after you know after they left the fairgrounds. It's just that they haven't been able to hit the target on a Kentucky Derby day. All right. So, so Mike, why, why, don't, why, don't you, why don't you limit? Why don't you limit the field? I mean, you know, I, I, I you know, when you got to bring in extra gates and all of that other stuff, I mean, aren't you defeating the purpose of the of the best? of the best winning the race? I mean, you know, I, you know, I look at that field every – go ahead, Mike. I understand what you're saying and where you're coming from, and I agree with that. I think 14 would be the good number. But uh, in all honesty, all of these owners are paying, you know, millions of dollars and hundreds of thousands of dollars for these horses, and it's the dream to win the Kentucky Derby. And they all want to want, run in the Kentucky Derby. And so Churchill mm -hmm. accommodates them. <laughs> No doubt. All right, we're going to talk to John Dooley in a minute, get his thoughts real quick. But, Mike, Ed wanted that – he wanted that best bet again today. So you've got to really detail it for him because I know he's got his pen in his hand to write down specific numbers and names because I can assure you he's going to take your advice. Therefore, <laughs> share, that, share that wealth of knowledge with him once again. Well, I gave him those three horses in the in the Risen Star. I think if you box the uh, four, seven, and eleven, you got to come home with the exact in that race. And I tell you what, in the seventh race, they got a a good maiden race, and uh, I got boxed the two, four, and seven in that race in the seventh race. Two, four, and seven. Some very well-bred young horses making their debuts that uh, for for big outfits. Uh, so I, I think those are the two races that you might want to zero in on. <laughs> good stuff. 
I got I it, know. Mike. All right, he's he's got, he got it all written down. I think he's prepared. <laughs> me, I think he's ready to go. Quick question. Yeah, that was go ahead. The, the news last night. And I don't ever remember in my life that a pitcher they hit five straight batters in the LSU game. I never heard. I've never seen that in my life before. <laughs> that that's crazy. Yeah. I I saw that yeah. too. I mean, I was a again. That had to be a first, huh? I mean, it, first first time I've seen that, and I do. A, I've done a lot of baseball oh, games, no, you've so. Done baseball. For years, yeah. Oh yeah, that that that's that is so unusual, and no we're going to talk about. To do that. <laughs> it is, and and we're going to talk about college baseball coming up too. But Mike, a pleasure, man. Thanks for calling in. We enjoyed talking to you, buddy, and look forward to a big day today, man. Anytime, guys. Thanks. All right, it's a Thank pleasure you. now to welcome our good and great friend John Dooley, track announcer at Fairgrounds. He's got an incredibly busy day and doing all kinds of hits, as we call it, as we speak. But he's very generously taking time to join us. John, you got the voice ready or what? Yeah, gearing up 14 races, right? Kicking off at uh, noon and uh, given the weather, a sloppy track and a couple of stakes races on a soft turf course. So it's going to be an action-packed day for the next uh, six or seven hours here. I say it all the time, Ed, and I have John on you know, fairly regularly and, and uh, Mike Diliberto and others to promote the sport. But John's as good as he gets in the business. He's done a great job for so many years. And as I joke all the time, it's probably the hardest job of anything in our industry. It's so hard to call these races. And, I mean, that and hockey, the toughest things to call. Hockey, I mean, you got to follow some little bitty thing all over the ice. But, but horse racing, <laughs> to, to pick out the silks, to understand the lineup, uh, you've got to position things properly. It is a tough job, Ed, and John does a fantastic job. I second that, Kenny. John's one of the best. Yeah. One of the best in the business. And you know what? His his fat paycheck, okay, exemplifies that. <laughs> which, which 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 enables him to eat at Hooters and you know and and uh, you know among among other places. But it's all good. I mean, my you know our other favorite Italian restaurant on on Carrollton Avenue as well. Uh, I could go on. Venetia is a good stop too. But John, in, in all seriousness, keep up the good work today. Fourteen races and. Again, what is your your biggest take on today? What's the biggest take going in from your perspective about what to expect today? I mean, obviously, you know, the, the off-track is going to be a factor, but, you know, we've got all 12 of the three-year-olds running in the grade two Risen Star Stakes, and it's really become, you know, such a strong prep race on the road to the Kentucky Derby, and, of course, this year, landmark 150th uh, Kentucky Derby with the first of $5 million, but we have a horse like Track Phantom. He's already won over the track here for the Hall of Fame trainer, Steve Asmussen. Uh, he won the Gunrunner Stakes. He won the grade three, Lecompte, and, of course, this is the uh, next prep race, on the road to the Louisiana Derby, and hopefully these three rolls uh, take a good uh, step forward for the 150th Kentucky Derby. But, you know, you have a horse like Track Phantom that has the experience over the track. You have an up-and-coming horse like Hall of Fame that's also trained by Steve Asmussen. Very impressive uh, maiden winner here uh, at second asking. He's by Gun Runner, of course, a past Louisiana Derby winner at the Giants Causeway on the dam side. So you've got horses that are, you know, just still maturing on the road to the Kentucky Derby. And, of course, that's the goal, of course, Saturday in May. And hopefully uh, the New Orleans way will get one of these three-year-olds into that starting gate with $5 million on the line in the first Saturday of May. Ed? John, uh, does, the, does the track conditions, you think, act as an equalizer today? Yeah, just might, right? I mean, one of these horses is going to step up. But, again, you know, Mother Nature certainly uh, – you know, playing her cards here in New Orleans today. I mean, one week ago was in Demian and rolling a beautiful day uh, in New Orleans during carnival season in the run-up to Fat Tuesday. But here uh, today, obviously, you know, with the wet track, uh, which three-year-old will, uh, you know, take to a, uh, a wet surface. And, uh, you know, again, you can't guarantee a fast track at Churchill Downs, 
uh, either, you know, on the road to the Kentucky Derby. But 50 points on the line goes to the winner, of course. Uh, you know, that's the key. You know, it's, uh, you win this race today, you get 50 points, and that's a big uh, step uh, on the road to the Kentucky Derby. So no matter what all these, these other horses do, whether you run second or third, they get points too back to fifth place. But uh, this is a big race today for these three-year-olds and pretty much guarantees you a spot, you know, in the Kentucky Derby, whether you go in the Louisiana Derby or not. Well, so many stakes races today. Risen Star obviously wanted everybody's paying attention to, but, you know, you've got two or three others that are really big as well. Just a, a brief touch on those, if you will. Uh, well, we've got the Rachel Alexandra stakes coming up, yep. and I think uh, uh, around, around uh, you know, the racing community, I mean, it certainly should be a grade one race. This track has been here. This is our 152nd season, Ken, as you know, and, you know, so deserving of a grade one race is this venerable, you know, New Orleans race course here, and we've seen so many fillies, so uh, you know, why is that? Why should it be a grade one? Well, I mean, the likes of Monomoy Girl, Rachel Alexandra, she was the past Fairgrounds Oaks uh, winner and became, of course, a, a Kentucky Oaks champion, a horse of the year, Rachel Alexandra. So we've seen so many talented three-year-old fillies not only win this uh, Rachel Alexandra stakes, but even just run in it and then, uh, you know, quit themselves so well. You know, the Friday before the Kentucky Derby and the Longing Kentucky Oaks this year, uh, VV's Dream is a horse trained by Kenny McPeak. Uh, he's entering the day only two away from 2,000 career wins, uh, and he's teaming with Brian Hernandez Jr. This is a very talented filly, a lot of eyes on her. She was a second in the grade one, Alcibiades at Keeneland. And Alpine Princess, she won the Untappable Stakes, which uh, was a prep race for the Silver Bowl a day. She passed on that to run in this. So obviously, you know, whole uh, you know, tough connections. Brad Cox, the two-time Eclipse Award-winning trainer. So you know, the Rachel Alexandra Stakes took a major stepping stone on the road to the Longing Kentucky Oaks, and really looking forward to that at 5:48 p.m. Yeah, I think it's what's amazing is that you look at the stats, and I touched on this earlier, but you know, certainly the you know we haven't produced Derby Kentucky Derby winners here, but we produced a ton of Kentucky Oaks winners. In fact, nine of the last 26 winners of the Kentucky Oaks ran in the Rachel Alexandra. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, and again, you know, when you talk about the Kentucky Derby, I mean, we've had some, you know, close, you know, close misses in the last, you know, couple of years. Epicenter, he wound up winning, of course, the uh, Louisiana Derby and uh, just missed for the Hall of Famer. Steve Asselson still, I mean, he's won over, what is it, 10,000 career races. He's in the Hall of Fame, but he still doesn't have that Kentucky Derby trophy, you know, on the mantle. So we're certainly hoping uh, maybe the Hall of Famer can uh, – get one through New Orleans this season, not talking about Steve Asmussen, but then, uh, you know, uh, even last year, two fills. Two fills raced with us here in New Orleans, and, and again, he was just the runner-up. He was just caught late, you know, in the shadow of the wire by Mage uh, in the 149th Kentucky Derby. So, you know, we might not have that success. People go back and talk about black gold and horses, of course, that, uh, you know, past winners of the Louisiana Derby that won the Kentucky Derby, and it seems like ages and ages ago. But yet in recent, uh, in recent years, we've uh, actually had some nice uh, – three-year-olds run uh, here through New Orleans that have uh, really just missed in the run for the Roses. Ed? John, do you think that um, Asmussen stays up at night thinking about that? Or, or is that, you know, is that something that is, is prevalent on his mind all the time? Or does he just go about his business every day? You know, that's just such a great question because I see him sometimes here, you know, like we might just have, you know, it's not a big stake race like today's. Risen Star Stakes is of the Kentucky Derby, but it's just, you know, a, a weekday card at the fairgrounds. And I always see Steve. I mean, he's in the Hall of Fame, and he'll watch his horses, you know, compete on a daily basis down on the apron if he's not uh, at Oakland Park, where, of course, uh, Steve has uh, strings not only here, but uh, there uh, in Hot Springs and around the country. And he'll watch his sons. He's got two talented sons that are um, uh, jockeys now, uh, Eric Asmussen uh, is one of them, and uh, they're doing quite well uh, out of town. 
So, you know, we watch, uh, we watch, he's watching his son's ride. So I think probably, you know, family is most important to him than, you know, than anything else. He's already in the Hall of Fame. But I think winning the Kentucky Derby would just be the, you know, the icing on the top of the uh, Trace Fletcher's cake. Yep. Uh, always a great day. Road to the Derby Day is really cool, but it'll be nice. Regardless, I don't think we'll have any rain this afternoon. So looking forward to that starting at noon. Uh, Ed and I enjoyed coming out over the holidays. We thank you for that when we were there. And of course, I've been there a few times and came out on Mardi Gras and enjoyed. Uh, I, I should tell you this, too, when Denise and I went and uh, first four races on Mardi Gras, I was dumb enough not to play exactas and Every horse I picked to win finished second in the first four races. Every single one. And then, of course, you know, our lifelong friend Dallas Stewart had a horse in, I guess, the fifth or sixth race and came from way off the pace, waited too long and lost by a nose. So I had five seconds out of six races. Okay, so just one of those days for me. But here's the best part. And I'll close on this and I'll let you go do your job. You know, Denise and I brought one of our good friends, Charlene Hibbs, with us. And she knows absolutely nothing about horse racing. Nothing. (laughs) And did absolutely nothing in terms of preparation. You know, here I am doing all this crazy stuff. She picks the winners in the first two races. You got to be kidding me. So it's like, you know, science, give me a break. There's no science here. I'm just flat out dumb. That's all there is to it. So. Well, no, I, I always say that, you know, people can come out here. Fat Tuesday always brings out a lot of friends and just to have a good time. It's, a, you know, the races enjoy it, whether it's, you know, fr- uh, you know friends, family, fun, put a, together a couple of nickels, bet a 10 cent superfecta, and uh, it sounds like they probably do better than uh, me, you, and Ed combined. <laughs> that's, a, that's about right. That, that, that's about right. So we're going to let you get away on this now. Ed is, Ed's always big on this. You have one that you really like today more than any other. Ed's ready to write it down if you got it. Any one that well, you probably, really like. What you got, John? It's probably it's probably Vivi's dream for me in the Rachel Alexandra Stakes. I mean, I really like her connections. And by the way, she she ran well on a sloppy track at Churchill Downs to wrap up her uh, juvenile campaign. So she's probably the one that I'm you know going to target. And we also feature a, a half million dollar guaranteed All Stakes Pick Five. So that'll start on the uh, tenth race. Uh, here, the Albert M. Stahl Memorial, and we're still on the turf course, soft. So, soft turf conditions for a couple of stakes and a sloppy track. We'll get through the day and uh, all on the road to uh, closing weekend here, Louisiana Derby, March 23rd, and we'll wrap up the uh, 152nd Thurber season at the fairgrounds on March 24th. And uh, it's been a good one. We raised purses and uh, looking forward to a lot of great competition today on Risen Star Stakes Day at the fairgrounds. John, have a great call. We appreciate the time. We know you're busy. Uh, tell Jason thank you and tell Joe to pick some winners and just have a great day there today. Okay, my friend? <laughs> cheers. I appreciate what uh, you and uh, Ed do for uh, horse racing here. So cheers, guys. Appreciate it, John. Thank you, John. Thank you. John Dooley, Fairgrounds, race course and slots. Again, big day today in the sport. I mean, there's three, really four big dates every year on Fairgrounds card. The opening day, of course, the uh, the the first big day in December, and then, of course, the road to the Derby Day today, followed up by the Louisiana Derby Day coming up uh, as the meet closes in March. So, again, if you're ever going to do it, this is the kind of day to do it uh, where you have the biggest races and the best horses and the best trainers coming in to perform. 14 races today, all starts at noon. All right, you got your picks written down, Ed. You ready? You got it? You good to go? I got it. I okay, got it. I'm ready to go. It. I've been writing them. I've been writing down stuff the entire time while we're, we were uh, visiting with Mike. And John, it's well, it's amazing, Kenny, how much those guys know about the sport. Well, I mean, the preparation. Look, we do it. Yeah. And I, and I do a lot of games, and I got to do Delgado games later today. And I, I think, and I think most people know this. It doesn't matter what job it is, but there's nothing, no substitute whatsoever for preparation. And you don't just show up 
and do a job or do a game. You don't just show up and, you know, I'm going to be out there today. I've got stats from last year, stats from this year, head-to-head stuff, and so forth with pitching matchups and all that business. That's what you, you – if you do it right, you want to be prepared and know what you're talking about and what to expect. Well, John, I've seen what he does, and it's mm-hmm. crazy because he's got colors all over the place. He's got – He's got printouts with each horse, but also with trainers and jockeys. He's got, you know, where to place horses. In other words, this horse is going to break fast and so forth. You know, look for this horse to, to be in front at the quarter pole and so forth. I mean, it's, it's, it's broken down to I've seen it. In fact, it would be a good feature story for, for you, for your television station, because mm-hmm. that's quite, a, quite an art uh, to see what he does and, and what all of the fine track announcers do across the country. But John's one of the best. He's really good. And mm-hmm. let me say this to you, too, before we get to break. John, John can get into one minute uh, about five minutes worth of material, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's really good at that. He can get it out and get it out really fast. And, and if you ever did a story, he'll, he'll be glad to tell you about the, you know, the gaffes. You know, when you, everybody has a gaff, right? You know, oh, there's, yeah. there, there's, mean, a thousand, there's a thousand Jack Hunts out there, right? Oh, so, I mean, you know, look, the, <laughs> I, I'll, you know, I'll do a TV show and I'll come home at night sometimes and I'm like, what are you doing? You know, but I yeah. mean, that's part, that's part of the process. Okay. If sure you're going to do, if you're going to do a thousand of these things, or thousands of them, you're going to have some of them that just don't go very well. Nope. And that used to, that used to drive me crazy. Okay. But as, as you get a little older, I think you get a little more patient with yourself. I think that's a very good statement. I think that's accurate. And I think the expectations should always be there, and we should always strive to be the very best that we can mm-hmm. be in everything that we do. All right, it's 504-260-1061. That's 504-260-1061 to join in the conversation. We'll take a time out here. Still to come, we'll talk about the Saints, the Pelicans, the Super Bowl, and more. When we return in just a moment, we'll talk about college baseball, which got underway in earnest last day and night. Mixed results. We'll talk about that and more when we return in a moment. Ken and Ed, Three Tailgater Show here on Nash Icon 1061 FM and at Nash FM 1061.com. If you want to be treated right, you go to Bergeron. Bergeron will give you the best deal. You just know you can trust these people. They're from here. They get me. You know, buying a car doesn't have to be a scary experience. It's anything but a Bergeron. Everybody knows that. Everybody. I grew up with a Bergeron. I went to school with a Bergeron. This is the fourth car I've bought from here. That makes me a Bergeron. I'm a Bergeron. I'm a Bergeron. I'm a bourgeois. Get out of here. I'm a Bergeron. Everybody knows a Bergeron. Bergeron Automotive on Veterans in Metairie. Hey, any big plans for today? Yep, checking out Target's four-day sale. Oh, for what? For scoring 20% off. For 20% off. For everything you need for spring. 20% off tees, jeans, and shoes. Even select bedding, bath, storage, and more. Wait, for real? For how long? Four days. That's the name of the sale. Target's four-day sale. Ah, the four-day sale. Count me in for sure. Don't miss Target's four-day sale. Ends Monday. Restrictions apply. See Target.com for details. Asante came to TurboTax after graduating from culinary school and landing a job in the hottest kitchen in town. My hands are full all day, every day. I love it. Asante, as your TurboTax expert, I'll make your moves count, guaranteeing 100% accurate filing and your maximum refund. Sound good? Yes, expert! Switch to Intuit TurboTax and make your moves count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. 
For 17 years, the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl has been proud to support one of the area's great traditions, high school football, and the Prep Football Player of the Year Award. The RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl's weekly recognition of excellence on the field by high school student athletes reflects our understanding of the importance of athletics in the development of our youth. A New Orleans tradition, the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl is a proud partner of Ken Trahan's original Prep Football Report and the Greater New Orleans Quarterback Club. Visit us online at NewOrleansBowl.com. With over 15 acres of cars and trucks at the Lamarck Automotive Complex, there must be a reason. Buying a new car shouldn't be complicated. That's why our expert staff is here to help. I've been selling new Ford cars and trucks since 1970. It's over 50 years. Wow, there must be a reason. With your lifestyle and budget in mind, our finance team works hard to be the best in the business. Only at Lamarck Ford, at the Lamarck Automotive Complex. There must be a reason. Just tuning in? We're just getting started with the Three Tailgaters Show on 1061 Nash Icon, NashFM1061.com, and through CrescentCitySports.com. What are you waiting for? All are welcome by calling 504-260-1061 to talk all sports all the time. Now back to Ken Trahan and Ed Daniels. Glad you're with us on this Saturday morning, and we'll get in all the topics throughout the course of the show here this morning, as we always do. Uh, and, of course, we look forward to talking about college baseball, which is underway now. And, oh, by the way, I've got to do two Delgado games today, 2 o'clock and 4 o'clock scheduled games with Pensacola State and Brian and Stratton at Kirsch Rooney Stadium. You can watch those games at DelgadoAthletics.com starting around 2 o'clock. That's DelgadoAthletics.com. Of course, a lot of games are getting underway last night. We'll get to those scores and tell you about what we saw and uh, what to expect. Right now, it's 504-260-1061, and Jack is in River Ridge. Jack, good morning, and welcome to the show. Good morning, guys. How y'all doing? Hey, doing fine. Hey, uh, I was uh, listening to y'all talk about the races while I was looking at them. And yeah. uh, I, I agree with John Dooley. Uh, I, I'm on a single VV's dream in my late pick four in the, uh, in the uh, Rachel Alexandra. Yeah. But – but but I, I want to tell you something. I've been going to races for forty years. I don't play them as much as I used to. Mm-hmm. But but the Risen Star, that's the best bunch of three year olds I've ever seen in one race at the fairgrounds in my life. You talk about, you talk about today? Yeah. 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 Right, yeah. yes. Huh? Yeah, that's that's kinda of what Mike Diliberto indicated too, uh speaking to him. So it's a hell of a field. And as mentioned, you know, we haven't had the Derby winners in Kentucky like we've had the Oaks winners, but this year could be a different thing. The thing about the Kentucky Derby, and Jack and Ed knows this, obviously, is the fact that the field is so large that so many times the best horse doesn't win because he didn't get a good trip, or she, for that matter. And it's so difficult to navigate when you got 19, 20 horses out there. So you get a much clearer picture in the Preakness and, and even in the Belmont, which is typically a shorter field. But in any case, yeah, it's a really good field, Jack. And I remember one time I heard an interview with uh, Kent Sormo, and he was saying in the Derby – to, to, to you know, to kind of what you were saying. He goes in the derby. There's about ten horses with a chance, and ten horses he calls ITWs in the way. So you're right. A lot of a lot of times the best horse doesn't get there. I mean, I, I mean, look what happened in Risen Star. You know, so yeah, I got a um, bad trip and was the best horse, no doubt. Yeah, right. And um, guys, I just had one Saints question. And I'll get out. Sure. Um, I, I've been, I've been hearing some people trying to compare because the Saints got the. Uh, you know, the, the offensive coordinator from San Francisco, they've been trying to compare the, 
the Saints roster, the 49ers roster, especially the skill position people. Mm-hmm. Honestly, who do you think on the Saints roster could start for Frisco? I'm thinking maybe Olave. Well, I mean, look, they got Debo Samuel on and Ayuk, okay? Those guys right. are pretty good. Right. They had another, another guy step up who threw a touchdown pass and caught a touchdown pass in the Super Bowl, too. So they've got they got pretty good wideouts. They got a hell of a tight end in Kittle, although he was kind of invisible in the Super Bowl, wasn't he? And McCaffrey is as good as it gets. He's the best overall running back in the league right now. So not there. Uh, certainly right now you, you'd like to have Brock Purdy rather than Derek Carr based upon age, if nothing else. Offensive line, well, you said skill, but offensive line, obviously the 49ers are better. Right. So, no, I, no, I'm with you. I agree with you. Ed? Well, I mean, I think that's, you know, that's, that's a great point. And I'm not knocking, you know, Clint Kubiak at all. He might be an excellent coach, and I hope he is. I hope he comes here and does a great job. I, I think, you know, one of, the, one of the things that will be interesting here in the offseason, starting with free agency and continuing through the draft, is what his perception of the players that he has is because that's going to manifest itself as to who the Saints acquire and what they do in the draft, especially. You know, do they, do they go out and get some perimeter guys? You know, one of the things that the 49ers did that really isn't the Saints' M.O. is, look, they, they took a chance. They felt like they were close. And they went out and got McCaffrey, and they paid a king's ransom for him in draft picks. Same thing with Trent Williams. They went out and got him. They paid a king's ransom in draft picks. You know, that, that's not the Saints' philosophy. Plus, the Saints' philosophy has always been draft the big guy. And this is an, yeah. offense, this is an offensive tackle draft. This is one of the yep. best offensive tackle drafts you'll ever see in our lifetime. Yep. And, you know, I'll be very – and that's a, a dire need for the Saints. Do they do that or do they draft yep. a skill yeah. player? I, I, think, I think, you know, I'll be curious to see what Kubiak thinks and how that all manifests itself. In the beginning, we won't know exactly what his offense looks like, but from the player procurement side, I'll be curious to see how that plays out. Because he's going to have a tremendous influence on – he what should. They do, clearly. He should. I mean, you know, look, you're bringing him in here, and, and your head coach has got to win this year, all right? And why did you make a change? You made a change because you've got to get this offense in a situation where it's one of the best in the league. You brought this guy in, and he's taking a chance on you as much as you're taking a chance on him. How much influence does he have in the direction that the Saints go as far as player procurement is concerned? Yep. And, you know, guys, I agree with y'all. I think any chance that they have is going to be put – they have to put that offensive line back together so they can run the ball. Because, I mean, if, if it's going to be like San Francisco's offense, as y'all know, it's all about running the ball and play action yep. pass. without if a doubt. Run the ball, it doesn't matter. And, guys, I lied. I had one last thing. If you had to guess – do you think Sean Payton had the dignity to call Spags and congratulate him because he fired that man? One, one, of the, one of the mistakes Sean made. <laughs> well, I thought that was – I thought, frankly, that was one of the worst things he's ever done in New Orleans. You right. know, because, frankly, in 2012 – look, 2012 was an unmitigated disaster. And no coach was going to win in that situation. You've got, you've got Joe Vid who starts the season, 
was did he start the season? Aaron Cromer. Aaron Cromer. Aaron Cromer. Aaron Cromer and Joe Vitz split the the duties as head coaches that year. You know, I mean, the whole thing was a one big distraction, an unmitigated disaster. And the first thing you arrive at when you come in is that Steve Spagnuolo should not be your your defensive coordinator, and you hired Rob Ryan. I mean, seriously. Yeah, with Spagnuolo's skins on the wall at that particular point in time. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Which which obviously are far greater now. Yeah. Four Super Bowl brings. Pretty impressive. (laughs) Guys, guys, thank you for taking my call. Y'all have a good day. A pleasure. Thank you. We appreciate you and appreciate your listening too, Jack. 504-260-1061. And we'll circle back to the Saints and talk about that in the second hour, as we always do. College baseball season got underway. Of course, the junior colleges had been underway previously, ditto with NAIA schools, and we've had coverage of Suno and Dillard and Xavier and Loyola, along with Delgado and Nunez at CrescentCitySports.com. But Division I baseball got underway yesterday, and, and it was a kind of a mixed bag in terms of results. LSU had to rally a couple of times to win. They did over VMI 11-8. It was all about offense, and, and, and that's kind of interesting the way that unfolded with respect to their pitching, but more importantly, with respect to their offense, because Tommy White went hitless and they still produced 11 runs. So the Tigers get off to a good start. Not so much at Turchin, where Northwestern shut out Tulane nine to nothing. Disappointing start as Wave was shut out on five hits. And again, last year's record was bad. Postseason was great, but you expect improvement this year. It's just one game, but certainly not the start that Jay Ullman was looking for, Ed. Well, I mean, you know, look, they, they, uh, Jake Somm was the starter, and he's, he's a guy who was converting from being a reliever and a real yeah. good one. And, um, you know, maybe it was opening, opening nerves. And, uh, you know, and what happened was early in the game, they, they had a blue pit. That, uh, that dropped in with two out because the left fielder was all, was all the way toward center field because they, they, were, they had a left-hander at the plate, mm-hmm. and the ball dropped in, and, you know, two runs score, and they just got off to a bad start. But, look, you can't, you, you can't uh, work around the fact that, um, you know, I mean, they just only had five hits. They had one extra base hit in the game. And, you know, it, it, just, it just wasn't a good start. And, you know, Northwestern's might be pretty good. Uh, I know they changed coaches, but this is a team that, what, won 10 games last year? They were not very good. No. And, um, and, you know, that's a um, – that's, that's um, it's, it's not a good start. Same thing for UNO. I mean, yeah, know, well, UNO, of course, right, yeah, right UNO, here. UNO a lot, yeah, UNO a lot of five, five, five home, home runs. runs. Yeah, right here right. on Nash, like on 106.1 FM, Georgia State 12-3 to over the University of New Orleans. You know, it was competitive in the late innings when Georgia State put up a three spot in the seven and five in the eight and hit five home runs against the privateers pitching. You know, UNO's middle infield got per- broached by other schools, taking two of their better players. Uh, I know Blake Dean feels like he's got good arms. Uh, did not manifest itself last night. Colton Mercer got the start. Uh, wasn't bad. Den- you know, Cortez Dennis, you know, struggled, and, and to, be, to be honest. And, of course, Trey Ucey finished up in that game. Again, you can hear UNO baseball games here on 106.1 FM. But, yeah, a, a disappointing start there as well. I mean, UNO was a 36-game winner a year ago. 
So it was the most under Coach Dean since he's been there. So there's a lot of reason for optimism, but just not the start you were hoping for, Ed. No, not the start you were hoping for. And, you know, look, other team stepped up there and got a lot of good swings. I mean, I, I'm watching the game on the, uh, on the, on the feed last night, and they, they, they looked awfully comfortable up there. And, you know, just not a good start. Not a good start for either one of those clubs. Bobby Barbier's debut in Southeastern didn't go well. Tarleton State beat the Lions 9-4. It was a seven-run fifth inning that did in Southeastern in that game. So, unfortunate start there for the Lions. And they play again today. And, again, you know, it's all about pitching. And we're seeing some evidence of that. Tulane gave up nine. LSU gave up eight. Southeastern gives up nine. You know, you've you got to have pitching to have a chance to be successful. You do. And, um, you know, I mean, that's, that's a concern for Tulane. Uh, the big left-hander out of the bullpen did a good job th through three innings, gave, uh, struck out six. He did a really nice job um, last night. But, I mean, it, it's a concern. But, look, if you, if you can't score runs, you're not going to win either. I mean, it was just, just one of those games where they played very poorly and, um, and the other team played well. And, and you just hope that, that what you saw last night is, is, is not a trend. It's one game and you move on. Maybe the bright side was – Nichols, uh, the Nichols State Colonels coming off of a Southland Conference Championship in an NCAA appearance a year ago. They started off with a dominant 16 to nothing win over Sacred Heart. Mike Silva's done a really good job with that program. And they were really good to start the season last night. Very impressive. You know, give up just one hit in the game, and they pounded out 16 runs on 13 hits in the game. And it's pretty impressive. Edgar Alvarez, a three-run homer in the game. You know, Jacob Myers... Struck out seven, Devin DeSandro, uh, six strikeouts and three clean innings for them. And, you know, Dallas Moran uh, struck out four in the final two innings. So dominant overall for Nichols. And that's a good team. That's a good program with a good coach and a team to watch. No doubt. I mean, they had a great season last year. And, you know, it'll be very interesting to see if they can, they can, they can, um, they can live up to the expectations again. Yeah, look, I mean, I'm impressed with – with what Coach Silva's done, obviously, and he continues to, to build that program. Let me, let me focus. We've got to do a story on this one, too, because people don't notice and they don't pay much attention, but let me tell you about a college baseball team right now that's 9-0, and Ed. You know who that is? Go right ahead. Loyola Wolfpack. Uh, now 9-0 after winning yesterday over Thomas College. 9-0 uh, are the Wolfpack, and when you look at how they've done it, it's been really impressive. I mean, here's, you know, here's what they've given up in these nine wins. One run, one run, two runs, four runs, no runs, two runs, one run, two runs. Only one game did they give up seven runs. They gave up two or less in seven of these wins. I mean, this is impressive stuff. Very impressive pitching. But they're scoring as well. I mean, they scored 10, 5, 6, 11, 11, 12, 5. I mean, you get the picture. They've been really dominant. Jeremy Kennedy's a really good coach. He's fashioned an excellent program. And... This is a 9-0 team right now, uh, the Loyola Wolfpack baseball team. And, you know, the next game up, they're going to play the four-year college, Bryant and Stratton, that Delgado's playing right now. Uh, they're playing them on Tuesday at Signet Field. So got to, to mention this and got to give some love to the Loyola Wolfpack. Pretty impressive. Very nice start. Good-looking good team. And, of course, elsewhere in the NAIA level, 
You know, Xavier Dillon and Suno Suno, of course, a first-year program. And, you know, again, very impressive uh, stuff with regard to Suno coming out of the box and being competitive pretty much right away with the way they've played. Xavier's 6-3 and three right now uh, as they've done a nice job. And one of their losses was to Loyola, so gives you some perspective. They did sweep a doubleheader from Dillard, so they're in pretty good shape. And they won yesterday. Uh, in a, they split a doubleheader yesterday with Jarvis Christian. Uh, and so they are back in action today against Jarvis Christian, playing that game at North Shore High School at Ned Eads Field today are the Xavier Gold Rush. And, of course, as mentioned, Suno's first-year program, Olin Parker doing a nice job. We're going to have another nice story this week on that program uh, on CrescentCitySports.com. And, and, and Dillard, uh, again, Trennis Grant did a phenomenal job in year one taking his team to the NAI National Tournament. Uh, so good stuff. And then, of course, Nunez uh, right now, uh, hovering around the 500 mark. Delgado's 2-1. and one. They've only played three games to this point, but as mentioned, in action today at two and four back-to-back games in the Rag Sherman Memorial Classic. So there's your rundown on college baseball. It's fun. You and I love baseball, so it's a good time of the year. You just got to get a little baseball weather, which is going to happen next week. Well, looking forward to it because here we have high school baseball. Of course, we'll have plenty of games on CrescentCitySports.com as always, but next Tuesday here on 106.1 FM, 6.30 game time, we'll have the season opener Archbishop Rummel at Archbishop Shaw at Wintershide Stadium next Tuesday evening here on 106.1 FM. Look forward to bringing that one to you from Wintershide Stadium next Tuesday evening with two good programs. And again, we'll have several games here on 106.1 FM this year as well. That's our baseball talk of the afternoon. Is it too early to mention the Cardinals or not? No, I mean, it's never too early to mention the Cardinals. I'm, I, I just wish the Cardinals had one more pitcher. One more pitcher. Right. I, look, you, you just yeah, stole my. I, you stole my thunder. Yeah, I and, think. And I just. Yeah, I, I think they've retooled their bullpen. Yeah, I mean they have, but I'm, I'm, and and it's important. But you know, I keep, I keep reading that Dylan Cease might wind up with the Yankees, and you know that that kind of disappoints me a little bit because I thought he might be in a Cardinal uniform. Well, I mean, there's three guys out there that they could go get one, but they obviously aren't yeah. going to spend the money. I mean, that's what it boils down to. Uh, they've yeah. made their investments. Uh, they, they've I'd, got I'd guys. Like to see, I'd like to see Blake Snell in a Cardinal uniform, wouldn't you? Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing Jordan Montgomery. Jordan I mean, I Montgomery, could, yeah. I mean, look, there's, there's three guys out there. Any of those three would be sufficient. They're not going to take a flyer on Trevor Bauer. Nobody has. Uh, it's, you know, whether you agree with that or not. But, yeah, one more pitcher would certainly help. Look, I think they're better. Their rotation is better. They still mm-hmm. don't have that number one guy. Uh, they do have good prospects in the system. Tink Hens might be the best. You know, Tink Hens has uh, got some stuff. Grisifo and McGreevy have a chance, and yeah. their bullpen should be better. They've got a lot of options out of their bullpen. So, but you know what? You know what, Kenny? They've got an old team. That's it. I mean, they've got old pitching <laughs> on the starting side, and you know, their their two preeminent position players are mid thirties. So, mm-hmm. you know, so yeah, do they have younger guys? Waiting in the wings? Yeah, I mean, Jordan Walker certainly is that. We'll see what Mason Wynn is. Obviously, they've got a guy. and uh, I mean, know, Victor Scott is a Victor guy. Victor Scott they... and Segrisi also is a really good right. hitter. So they've got some guys coming up that have a chance. Uh, the biggest thing for them, as we get to break in a moment, is the fact that they, they're in a division that they can win. So mm-hmm. that, that's Well, it. I'd feel a lot better about it if they had one more pitcher. Me know? too. 
Me too. I mean, yeah. I'd feel I'd feel a lot better about it if they had. And how long is it going to be before Yadier Molina is their manager? Uh, it certainly looks like that's kind of set up, doesn't it? So it uh, does. Uh, or Descalzo, or Descalzo. So I mean, they've got two guys sitting there. If you don't think the pressure's on Marmol, think again. Five zero four two six zero one zero six one to join us. Brief timeout. Back in a moment. Three Tailgaters Show here on Nash Icon one zero six one FM. Nash FM one zero six one dot com. New Orleans, the North Shore, and worldwide at NashFM1061.com. Country for life. 1061 Nash Icon. What's wrong with Rick? He's kind of spacey today. That's Rick's identical twin, Scott. He's not used to answering to Rick. What's going on? Rick asked me to keep it secret, but he asked his twin to cover his shift so he could go to Diamonds Direct to shop. But this is a jewelry store. Yeah, I know. But the prices and selection are so much better at Diamonds Direct. Rick doesn't want the boss to get suspicious, so Scott's here in case the boss sees Rick at Diamonds Direct. But that would mean that the boss is at Diamonds Direct too? Yeah. We have a lot of secrets. You never know who you'll run into at Diamonds Direct. With unbeatable direct importer prices, the highest quality diamonds, the most sought-after designer rings, the best customer service, the strongest guarantees in the industry. It's just a no-brainer. You think if Scott had a mustache, would he look like me? No. (laughs) Go where everyone else goes. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Well, what if I shaved? Still no. For store hours, directions, and more, go to DiamondsDirect.com. When something's good, a new store, a great restaurant, a sweet new car, everybody starts talking about it. It's happy customers giving good reviews. That's what's been happening to us, and we want to thank all of you for it. In fact, most of our clients come from referrals, from people we helped and turned into big fans. If you've been hurt in a car wreck, demand Dudley DeBosier. Call Dudley DeBosier. Draw your foes up. Draw your foes up. Chad Dudley, Baton Rouge, Paid, Singer, LA 241-6581. You want the total sports package? Let's talk prep, college, pro, all sports, all the time. You get it all from the three tailgaters on 1061 Nash Icon, NashFM1061.com, and through CrescentCitySports.com with Ken and Ed. Give us a call at 504-260-1061. And right back to your calls, Mr. Greeny waiting patiently. Mr. Greeny, what's on your mind this morning? How are, how are men doing? We're doing fine. I'm ticked off at something. This okay. coach, Ron Hunter, that he, he was winning 20, 20 ball games. Well, he needs to be fired. He's not getting the job done. They need a better head coach. And plus, that coach, the baseball coach, I'm going to really talk about that. This coach was losing, what, 40 games? Yeah, they won the uh, conference tournament. But they need... Somebody better can win 40, 50 ball games a year, and no business was like that last night. They need to get it turned around for the better. They need to go to Omaha, Nebraska, where they belong. But they need to get that coach fired and get somebody else. If they don't, they can continue to lose. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, so we brought up the topic I was going to bring up next, college basketball, Ed. Tulane's at the skids. I mean, they, they, they won an overtime game against Temple, but they just mm-hmm. haven't been the team that people thought they would be. They were picked to finish high in the conference. That's not going to happen. And, mm-hmm. and they're going the wrong way. They just mm-hmm. aren't. They're not playing good basketball. I mean, I don't know how else to put it. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's true. I don't, I don't think there's any doubt about that. But 
Let me ask you something. How how easy a job is Tulane basketball? No, it's not. Again, it's it's a hard job. It doesn't matter. We've seen everybody walk through that door, okay, over and over again. You want to name them all, you know, from Dickerson to Finney to, you know, to I mean, we could go through every one of them, Ed Conroy, Don Levy, over and over and over again. Go down the list, and they all have the same thing in common. None of them stuck. None of them could be successful on a consistent basis. You know, Coach Hunter had a fairly good success last year and looked like they were poised to build on it. They lost a good player who transferred out. Uh, they have not made up for that. And mm. what's disappointing is they, they started well enough, but they really just, they really just have, have gone the wrong way. I mean, that's – I don't know how else to put it. Mm. Well, I mean, look, I, 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 with, with both of these jobs, I think there's a bigger picture, okay? And, mm. you know um, – Yep. Yeah. Uh, when I every time I walk into Devlin Fieldhouse, the, the only thing I see is lack of commitment. That's all I see. I mean, you know, that's the same building that Tulane was playing in seventy-five years ago. Mm-hmm. And 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 when I when I see it, I see lack of commitment. All right, if you want to, you know, to me, uh, the new athletic director, if he wants to, if he wants to do something, he'll make a a, a, a commitment to winning in basketball. And if you're making a commitment to winning in basketball, then you've got to come up with a new facility somehow, somewhere, because that place is abysmal. I'm sorry. I, I agree. <laughs> it's, said, it's that, ab- said that over is, and over again. It is, a, it is abysmal. It is a dump, okay? It is a dump. And I'm tired of hearing about, well, when you get 3,000 fans in there, it gets really loud, okay? Is that really, is that really what you desire? To have three thousand fans there, yeah. And how much is, is that? Really? How much is does that, that help you? How much does that help you in recruiting? Right, exactly. I mean, a, a recruit walks in there and goes, "Oh, it's it's extremely underwhelming." And you know what? Look, the parking situation is terrible. Yep. You know, if if you if you if you're lucky, you might get a spot in the Loyola garage. It's it's a bad situation. It's a bad situation, and. And it's something that needs to be remedied. I know I don't know exactly where this is, but one of the things that I like about what they're doing is is that they're building tennis courts on campus. The mm-hmm. tennis facility that they had before was incredible. Yes, it was. I mean, it, it was a beautiful facility, and yeah. the, of course that had to go because of Yolman Stadium. Right. But, but you know that that's and and I'm not comparing building a tennis facility. To building a basketball arena that's 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 an entirely different uh situation but i mean my goodness that place needs to go it's its shelf life is long expired and you know you've got to do something about your basketball program where frankly you could have a lot of success mm-hmm. but you're going to have a hard time attracting good players to come there without it Agreed. I mean, we were on the same page about that. Talked about it ad nauseum. Good things are happening with football. I think ba- basketball needs to be the next place they turn their attention to. I really couldn't agree more because, again, those coaches I just mentioned, and I named a whole bunch of names, were those guys really bad coaches? I don't think so. I mean, you can make the argument that Dunleavy was not the right hire, but these other guys, it's not like they couldn't coach. So, Look, Ed, Ed Conroy is a good coach. Okay? Yes, he is. Yes. And you know what? Here's the, here's the issue I hear. Okay, Every time a Tulane coach in basketball or baseball comes through the turnstiles, 
It, it, it isn't long before people are complaining about them. Yeah. All right? Yeah. And I've heard more complaints about Ron Hunter this year <laughs> than ever, of course. Yep. And, you know, first of all, the basketball league that they're playing in is a lot better than maybe th- some people thought it would be, including me. Okay? That league is a lot better. But second of all, you've got to make a commitment to basketball. And mm-hmm. basketball, basketball at Tulane is not well served. It's nope. not. Nope. And the Hertz Center is, is an okay practice facility. Mm-hmm. But frankly, that's not what they needed. Nope. They needed an arena. Yep. Right? And I Agreed. don't know what the solution is, but Devlin Fieldhouse is not it. It is terrible. All right. We owe you a timeout, 504 260 1061. Second hour begins next. We'll get into the Saints, Pelicans, Super Bowl, much more. Glad you're with us. Ken and Ed, three tailgater show here on Nash Icon 1061 FM and at NashFM1061.com. With over 15 acres of cars and trucks at the Lamarck Automotive Complex, there must be a reason. Buying a new car shouldn't be complicated. That's why our expert staff is here to help. I've been selling new Ford cars and trucks since 1970. It's over 50 years. Wow, there must be a reason. With your lifestyle and budget in mind, our finance team works hard to be the best in the business. Only at Lamarck Ford, at the Lamarck Automotive Complex. There must be a reason. When the final horn blows at the Allstate Sugar Bowl, the action is just beginning as another jam-packed year of Sugar Bowl activity lies just ahead. With over 55 annual events, including all Louisiana high school state championships, the Sugar Bowl support of amateur athletics adds up to big fun and big dollars for our economy. From the Crescent City Classic to lacrosse, sailing, basketball, and more, the Sugar Bowl has something for most everyone. For more on the great things the Sugar Bowl is doing, log on to AllstateSugarBowl.org. Sponsored by Allstate, Taco Bell, and Dr. Pepper. Life Resources Ministries exists for showing men the way, building men to spiritual maturity, and preparing God's people for service. Life Resources Ministries has Bible studies in person and via Skype throughout the metro area, along with outreaches weekly on Wednesdays at Piccadilly Cafeteria on Clearview Parkway in Metairie. There are business forums and fellowship meetings as well. Life Resources also puts on major outreach prep breakfasts with national speakers up to four to five times per year. Visit us online at liferesources.net. Life Resources Ministries, leaders investing for eternity. Top service, locally owned, outstanding deals, conveniently located, professionals motivated to sell where the customer comes first. That describes the experience at Premier Automotive Group, where you'll find the best prices anywhere on Toyota, Honda, Nissan, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, and Kia. Premier Automotive offers a warranty for life on its vehicles and a money-back guarantee. Visit my friend Troy Duhon at one of his outstanding dealerships, Toyota of New Orleans, Premier Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, Fiat, and Premier Honda in New Orleans, Premier Nissan in Metairie, and Premier Kia in Kenner. Broadcasting from the Dudley DeBosher Studios. Anytime, anywhere, smartphone, tune in radio app, we are WRKN. 1061 Nash Icon, Picayune, New Orleans. The second hour begins. It's the Three Tailgater Show on 1061 Nash Icon, NashFM1061.com, and at CrescentCitySports.com. Be a part of the show now. Call 504 260 1061. Back to Ken Trahan and Ed Daniels. And we're so happy you've spent time with us here this morning. As always, we appreciate your calls. You heard the number. It's 504-260-1061 to join us. Super Bowl postmortem, of course, the tragedy at the parade, uh, just sickening and, and frustrating and it just, uh, just put a damper on everything. And again, uh, continuous thoughts and prayers for all those impacted by that. You know, as for the game itself, I think you and I discussed it as, 
San Francisco is probably the better overall team personnel-wise, but you don't pick against Patrick Mahomes. It's clear as day, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, you know, look, San Francisco uh, had their chances in the game, and of course, you know, who knows if things would have been different if they blocked Chris Jones on that play where, where Purdy had to overthrow a wide-open receiver and they kick a field goal. Right. But, you know, look, Mahomes did the job at the end. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Took him right down the field. And I know there was a lot of discussion about the 49ers not knowing the overtime rules. Yeah. And, and you know, I think Kyle Shanahan kind of um, talked about that this week, said that they had gone over it uh, repeatedly during the season, but they didn't talk about it that week. So I, I don't know if the, I don't know what what's truth there and what's fiction, Kenny. I just think that they lost to the greatest quarterback uh, in the game right now, and certainly one that 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 at some point uh, has a chance to eclipse Tom Brady. And I didn't think I'd ever say that. When it goes the wrong way, people are going to find fault with everything, and. Everybody being analytical, it's like, oh, you always want to get the ball last to see what you have to do. Yes, that's, that's typically what you would do in that situation. That said, the 49er defense had just been on the field for a long drive. Correct. And, and to put your defense right back on the field against mm -hmm. a quarterback like that who's hot, against right. an offense that's clicking, yeah. I, I don't think that would have turned out well either so I understand that you know, what I'm looking at is simply this you know San Francisco got the ball they moved the ball they got a key penalty they put themselves in position to score a touchdown and they did not do it I mean mm -hmm. it's that simple they didn't make the touchdown when they should have and you gave Mahomes a chance to win it and he did but it really comes down to one other thing Ed, and I wrote about this at CrescentCitySports.com it comes down to the kicking game and that's what really decided this game. And I know the rookie kicker made a couple for San Francisco, but Kansas City's punt game was incredible. Their coverage teams allowed zero yards in return. Harrison Bucker was phenomenal. He always is, making 50-plus field goals and kicking touchbacks all day. And then, of course, the fumbled punt. And last but not least, the blocked extra point. So you can talk about... Purdy, Mahomes, scoring touchdowns, not scoring touchdowns, all you want. To me, when you analyze this one, when it's over with, the game was decided by the kicking game. All of those things I just mentioned, that is what decided the football game. You have a fumble punt that hits off of a, a, a teammate that turns into a touchdown for Kansas City. You have an extra point blocked. Okay? I mean – it doesn't get any simpler than that for me. The kicking game decided this mm -hmm. game. Yeah. You make I an mean, extra point, the game's over. Right. I don't think there's any doubt. Look, well, it's I, not I, over. Know. Kansas City would still change maybe its approach, but still, you're probably mm -hmm. going to win the game. But that's it to me, the kicking game. Right. I mean, look, there's, there's a lot of things that go into this. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still not convinced the better team won. But, I mean, that's what's, what's crazy is, is that that's happened to the 49ers more than once. It happened to them the last time they played the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. They dominated the game for three quarters and couldn't finish. No doubt about it. Uh, I mean, it, it goes without saying. You know what? Here's another one I want to – I have to get this in. I, I've been wanting to, to get this mentioned, and I wanted to mention it with you because I wanted your feedback too. Look, uh, once again, I'll, I'll qual qualify it 
by saying Derek Carr is not a great quarterback. He never has been. He never will be. Is he solid? Yes. Is he good enough to win with? I think he is, but you have to have a good supporting cast. That said, the guy gets crucified for yelling at a teammate on the sideline. Right? Correct. Patrick Mahomes at the Super Bowl in full view of everyone, tearing up the rookie wide receiver continuously on the sideline. Mm-hmm. Is anybody criticizing Patrick Mahomes? No. This happens all the time, okay? This is part of the game. It's called passion. These things happen in the heat of the game. Clearly, Mahomes felt Rice uh, said something he shouldn't have said because Rice felt he was open on a play and Mahomes mm-hmm. didn't get him the ball and so well, forth. I mean, you know, but that happens all the time. Can it happens mean, all the I mean, time. Receivers, receivers think they're open on every play. Right. Okay? Whether right. they're not or whether they are, they think they're open on every play. I mean, that's a fact. They all think they're open on every play. But the, but the contrast is striking. You know, mm-hmm. Carr's a bad teammate and a terrible guy because he's, he wants to well, win and he's passionate and he gets after somebody. But Patrick Mahomes is, is the greatest and, and he's, he's just schooling a young receiver, right? Last time mm-hmm. I checked, Chris Olave is a young receiver. But I, again, it's a contrast of great interest to me. And my point is, just like I said at the time that people made a deal out of that, is you're putting way, way, way too much weight on this situation. You know, the same thing with McCoy uh, and Carr. These things happen, and they both kumbaya after the game and seem to be perfectly fine where that was concerned. So uh, don't get into that. Now, let's contrast that with what happened with Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid. And I give Andy Reid is such a class act, Ed. He's the ultimate class act. He's a great coach, not a good coach, a great coach, mm-hmm. and a guy that everybody likes. And what a job he's done. Uh, what a remarkable coach he's been. And they can, they can short-circuit this and, and cut it off and say all the nice things they want. Oh, he just moved my way, accidental, all that stuff. No, you saw what happened. You know, a player bumps a coach, okay, mm-hmm. and gets in his face. And to me, there's no place for that. And also, uh, maybe mm-hmm. they'll handle it internally, but there's no doubt in my mind uh, they should mm-hmm. find him uh, instead mm-hmm. of, all these pleasantries and saying all these wonderful things. And look, Kelsey's mm-hmm. a great player. He's the best tight end in the league. He's passionate. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, all of that stuff. But there's no place. If you start letting that happen and you really don't take any action against it, what's next? Mm. Well, I agree. I mean, look, um, you know, Andy Reid diffused the situation, though. He did. I, I thought he handled it perfectly. And again, you know, that's experience, okay? That's experience. And I, you know, but – but Dennis Allen didn't overreact when Jameis Winston and the offense did what they did at the end of the Falcons game. Okay? He tried to defuse the situation. Am I right? Well, I don't know about that. He apologized. I mean, well, I, think, I understand. I understand. Yeah. But what I'm saying, on the field, there was no overreaction from Dennis Allen. No, there, there was wasn't. From, from, from Arthur Smith, but right. not Dennis Allen. But, but, but Dennis Allen did not overreact. Okay, and that's all he was done. That's all he was blistered. He was absolutely blistered. And, you know, I don't know. You might say, well, I don't know. Maybe that's not a good comparison. I don't know if it is or not. But what I'm saying is, is that depending on what's going on or, uh, around that person, the, per, the per, per, perception is completely different. Well, it's, sure it is. And, and no one would have blamed Andy Reid if he'd have got right in Travis Kelsey's face. Okay. No one would have blamed him, not one bit. 
if he'd have gotten right in Travis Kelsey's face. And no one criticized Andy Reid for not reacting to Travis Kelsey. Because he's because, Andy Reid. Because he's Andy Reid and he won a Super Bowl. So He won a Super Bowl. I mean, that's, that's, as, that's as simple as it gets. And you know what? Look, I'm not saying that I would have been able to react with that kind of a plum like Andy Reid did in that situation. Listen, I, again, the comparison is, is clear. It's obvious. Mahomes eats out a teammate. He's just competitive and he's a good guy. Carr does it. He's a terrible guy and a bad teammate. Andy Reid gets you know, accosted by a, a player. He diffuses it. Nothing wrong with the player or the coach. You know, Dennis Allen apologizes after the game. He's an idiot and he's a terrible guy. So, uh, again, and I'm not saying Allen was right to apologize. I don't think he was, personally. I think it was the wrong thing to do. But that's my opinion. That said, the perception is so obviously different, and that's all about the fact that one bunch has won and won at the biggest level, and the other hasn't. So I don't know, and that transitions us to the Saints. What, you know, I don't know what Dennis Allen and Derek Carr, and they're inextricably tied, I know you agree, uh, can do to diffuse the negativism that exists amongst, uh, I don't want to say the entire fan base, but amongst a, a fairly substantive amount of the fan base, short of winning the NFC. I, I mean, I don't know what else they could do. I just think that, there's such an intense dislike for the individuals by a substantial number of people that it's going to be hard to overcome. Can they overcome it? Yeah, mm-hmm. I do think they can. But uh, on the other hand, it's, it's going to be difficult, Ed. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think there's any, there's any question about that. I mean, it, it is what it is. I mean, uh, um, it's just amazing the, the different um, different perception of, of of what things look like. And look, Dennis Allen and Derek Carr, the only way they're going to have overcome whatever they need to overcome as far as the public perception is to win a lot of games. Against a tougher schedule. And again, what they do in the offseason is, we say this every year, it's critical, but it's never been more critical because this is the year that they have to produce or people are going to be moving on. In fact, we'll get to the callers in just a moment, 504-260-1061. You wrote a piece for CrescentCitySports.com this week that I thought was accurate about Clint Kubiak. And Clint Kubiak could be a one-year guy because Dennis Allen could be a one-year guy. I I think that, you know, if Clint Kubiak has a lot of success here, Kenny, he's going to be on the head coach uh, uh, train. Because, because, you know, a lot of owners are looking to hire young offensive head coaches. Yes. That's what they're looking for. I mean, you know, you got two guys, one in Tennessee and one in Cincinnati. I mean, uh, one in Tennessee and the, and the coach from Cincinnati who got a job. And then you look at, at, the, at the coordinator at, at Detroit who turned down a job. Mm-hmm. And, and he's going to be on that, on that carousel. So if, if the Saints, let's just say the Saints have a great year. They're, they're great offensively. They win 10, 11 games. And, and they play extremely well. You don't think Clint Kubiak's going to be a candidate? Sure he Absolutely. Will be. He's going to be a candidate. And you know what? The Saints are going to have to go out and find the next Clint Kubiak. And if he doesn't do a good job, then he's not going to be here, and the head coach probably won't be here either. Right. Uh, either way, there's a chance that it's short term, but you don't worry about that. You hire the best guy. You hire, and, you know, hire I think the best was, guy. I think exactly. it was a solid hire. I mean, I, I think it was a solid hire. All the criticism about the process, oh, they're not getting their guy and it took too long. 
Okay. You don't think this guy was a pretty good hire coming from where he comes from with where he's been? Sure. He's called plays for two organizations, including one that just went to the Super Bowl and nearly won it with a father who's been a Super Bowl winning coach. I mean, again, I think it's a pretty solid hire. Again, only time will tell whether it's a good hire or somewhat less than that. But on paper, it's kind of hard to argue with this hire. But I agree it could be short term, but you don't worry about that. You simply hire the best guy and take care of business in the immediate. 504-260-1061. Joe's in Mandeville. Hi, Joe. Thanks for calling, and welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Y'all been on point all morning. What's up? Hanging in there, buddy. Y'all Hanging actually been right. <laughs> thank, thank, wow, you for thank you for Wow. Joe, Joe, wait, Joe, wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> Kenny, Kenny, can Rudy, are you recording? Can we play that back in here <laughs> one more time? Yes, record it. It must be a new uh, year. <laughs> real quick. Uh, yeah. Back to the coin toss. Yeah. I got to go with Shano on this. It's better to have two chances than one against Mahomes. But, you know, again, you're dealing with an alien here. This yeah. guy is ridiculous. Okay? Oh, he's crazy. He's crazy good. was yep. made when they went and kicked the field goal. They should have just went for it. Just call the game right there. Because if you get the ball back, it's over. Right. Well, the the odds are pretty good that the Chiefs are going to score a touchdown. It's not guaranteed, obviously, but given yeah. But what was it? What was it? Fourth and five, maybe. What what was it? Yeah, it was it was a distance. It was a down and distance situation. I I mean, I think I think again, I'm not a big fan of it, Joe. But if you look at the analytics, the analytics probably tell you to kick a field goal there. Ah, brutal! You're giving him a chance. No, I get it. I, you know, Joe, 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 I'm not, Joe, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you. Okay. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you, but what I'm saying is, and I'm, I'm looking it up right now to, to I got it right now with, with I I got it right now. It was fourth, 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 the Kansas city nine, fourth and what now? What was it? Fourth and I thought it was, it was third and four. And they didn't get it, so they kicked the field goal, right? Are you there? I'm, I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking right now, Joe. Hold on. I, I, I was go, third and four. But go ahead. I'm, I'm going, I'm going all the way through this website here to, to, to get. I got to go through five billion pages of statistics to get to it. But hold on, I'm looking at the possessions right now. Was that San Francisco's yeah. last well, possession? It was fourth it was, and four. It was fourth and four. Fourth and, and four. Okay. Yeah, four. Fourth and four at the nine-yard line. So, you know, yeah. is that unmakeable? No. Uh, is it likely to be made? No. I'd say the percentages were against you. So, I look, I get it. I understand the whole thought process. I really do. I mean, he took the points. The, but the problem but, was what happened prior yeah. to that and the fact that they couldn't block block their, block, block up their defensive line. If they did, they scored a touchdown, but they didn't do it. Now, let me mm. ask you this. Mm. What were you thinking when they kicked it? I was thinking Kansas City's winning the game. <laughs> I wasn't thinking it. I said it. I, I didn't think it. I said it. You know, it. you know, you know what's amazing about you know what's amazing about that though. You know what's amazing about that is it when the drive started, when Kansas City's drive started, the network televising the game kept showing shots of the 49ers on the sideline, and they, they all nervous. had that look on their face like we're going to lose. They were nervous. 
Yeah, it, it was. It was. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. Now, suppose, yeah, and, and, one more, one more sure. scenario. If you Go score ahead. a touchdown mm-hmm. and Mahomes right. gets it, their argument, and they said they were going to go for two. Right. Well, you go ahead and try. I'd much rather you go ahead and try for two than kick, you know, an extra point. Extra point, right. Yeah. Because it's going to be no, much more it. difficult. That is a chance I would have taken. Go for it on fourth and four, either for the first or try and score. That's your decision right then and there to win the game. Because once you kicked that field goal and gave them a chance, it was all over. I mean, I was walking around pacing in front of the TV. So, it's over, right? So I'm not the only one. No, I certainly now, felt that way. <laughs> now, and the other thing is, is that he, he fired the defensive coordinator. This is the third right. ring defense in the NFL. I think you should have kicked. You should have fired the special team coach and keep the defensive coordinator. Might have been a good friend of his or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. The kicking game cost him, right? Oh, no doubt, kicking game cost him the game. There's no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, on the on the punt, on the punt that hits the you know, hits the well, the, the receiving team. leg. That's bad. That's bad luck. You know. No, but that's the coach. Fire that special team coach and keep your defensive coordinator. I mean, who does that? Mm-hmm. I mean, since we lost Quinn, I'd take this guy. Third rank defense. Come on, I know you got to have the Jimmys and Joes, but the guy actually had a good plan against Kansas City. Yeah, they, they were. Mad. They I, were playing great in the first half. Yeah, they were. They were eight eighth in the league in yards allowed this year. Oh, brutal. Okay, yeah. I'll get off the phone. One more thing. Well, Tulane can fix this basketball thing real easy. Okay. Hire Will Wade. This guy. He's chomping at the bit to get payback and get SL as shit. What are they doing at McNeese? Is he something like twenty-five and three? Yeah. Really? Oh yeah. I mean, look. Here's the thing. You, you know, look. Um, you know, the the one thing that believe me, and I I can speak with firsthand knowledge of Lake Charles because I worked there for two years. Uh, you know, they've they've invested in their program. Mm-hmm. They've they've got a nice building now, yeah. and frankly, they did not have one before. They were playing at Burton Coliseum, and before that, they played at the Lake Charles Civic Center, which wasn't a bad uh, uh, venue at the time. But I mean, look, I don't I don't know if Tulane, based on the way they perceive things and their academic profile, would hire somebody like Will Wade. I just don't think they would. Oh, please. You won't. And, and also, too, and also, too, look, they signed Ron Hunter to a contract extension. So I don't yep. think he's going anywhere. Yep. Now, you know, I might be wrong about that. I don't know what his contract says. But I think like a year or two ago, he signed a pretty lengthy extension. So if they were, if they were, if they were to part ways with Coach Hunter, I think they'd, they'd owe him a lot of money. And I'm not, I don't know if they're willing to do that either and you know i think i think will you know will wade's uh new deal at mcneese is seven hundred thousand a year and you know for for a southland conference school that's an exorbitant amount of money sure is and and um you know but the one thing that they've done is to keep mcneese in the league the southland gave them a lot of championships 
and one of them is basketball. So I don't know if anybody's going to beat them on their home floor in the conference tournament. So I think I think Will Wade's going back to the NCAA tournament. This is how this is how big Will Wade is now. You ready? Mm. We when Will Wade played at Southeastern a couple of weeks ago and they lost. We were there. We covered that game. We're covering the game at Nichols today too. There you go. And I mean, you know, we're covering we're covering Nichols and McNeese today. Yep. On our TV station, and and you know the reason why. Yeah. Sure. He's going to get in the NCAA. Well, they're going to have to win. Eyes, I mean, man. they're going to have to win their conference tournament. I don't think their their RPI is good enough overall because of the schedule. But no. They have a great chance to do it, though, obviously. Yeah, obviously. He's going to take every opportunity to stick it in their eye. I promise you that. Well, I don't think there's I don't think there's any question about that, Joe. And, and I think thing. he's going to he's going to have a power five job again at some point. At some point, he's going to have a power five job again. And he's going You're to be making a lot about of money. Going to Alabama, Nate Oates will be leaving to go to Louisville or Michigan, and he's talking mm-hmm. about going to Alabama. Huh. Or that's the that's huh. the speculation. But anyway, well, I think I think he'll only go ahead. I think he'll only go there if they make him a damn strong offer. But go ahead. Okay, you know the Moody yeah. Center in Texas is a brilliant, brand new, sparkling building, and they do music events there. Mm-hmm. They it's fifteen thousand. It seats mm-hmm. fifteen thousand, but they wall it off to where you can only put ten thousand. They never open up the walls for basketball. It's always going to be at ten thousand, and they get their money that way. Mm-hmm. And they do the music revenue or the event. It's already paid for itself. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Now they're going to Joe, do what? another one for volleyball. There you yeah. go. Joe, Joe, let me ask you a question. Joe, go ahead, real quick. Joe, are are you upset with the fact? In my opinion, and look, I went to the Sugar Bowl, okay, and I thought Texas was the was the much better team on the field. Are are you upset by the fact that Washington uh, won that game, Joe? Yes. Who wouldn't be? Good, Joe. Okay, good. I, 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 you know, because look. Texas has one of the best get-off-the-bus teams I've ever seen, all right? And I don't think they had any business losing that game. That's my opinion. Look, the six-year quarterback, if he was a ringer, I'm telling you. A, a ringer. That guy, <laughs> that, that guy was throwing darts. Joe, Joe, the, Joe, the Texas quarterback was a transfer, too. He started off at Ohio State. He, Joe, he never, Joe, he, he Joe, 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 they had the best get-off-the-bus team I've ever seen. They had they studs good. on both sides of the ball. They looked like an NFL team, Joe, and they lost. I just can't believe that. Real quick. All right, buddy. I'll let it go. I know I've been yeah. on this too That's long. It's okay. It's okay. October 19th, they play Georgia in Austin. 
and you know they're going to have a Formula One race there, too. There's going to be like two and a half million people in that town. I know it. Get My son lives there. My, early. Yep. My son lives there. They had the Formula One race this year, and they had to basically stay home. So, <laughs> yeah. So that's going to be crazy. Be crazy. Yeah. Kind of like the yeah. Mardi Gras and the Super Bowl here at the same time, right? So, yeah. very similar because we're going to encounter that too. All right, Joe, thank you. 504 260 1061. Kurt, you're up next. We'd love to hear from you as well when we continue in just a moment. Ken and Ed, three tailgater show here on Nash Icon 1061 FM and at Nash FM 1061.com. Hey, any big plans for today? Yep, checking out Target's four day sale. Oh, for what? For scoring 20% off. For 20% off. For everything you need for spring 20% off tees, jeans, and shoes. Even select bedding, bath, storage, and more. Wait, for real? For how long? Four days. That's the name of the sale. Target's four-day sale. Ah, the four-day sale. Count me in for sure. Don't miss Target's four-day sale. Ends Monday. Restrictions apply. See Target.com for details. Asante came to TurboTax after graduating from culinary school and landing a job in the hottest kitchen in town. My hands are full all day, every day. I love it. Asante, as your TurboTax expert, I'll make your moves count. Guaranteeing 100% accurate filing and your maximum refund. Sound good? Yes, expert! Switch to Intuit TurboTax and make your moves count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. When the final horn blows at the Allstate Sugar Bowl, the action is just beginning as another jam-packed year of Sugar Bowl activity lies just ahead. With over 55 annual events, including all Louisiana high school state championships, the Sugar Bowl support of amateur athletics adds up to big fun and big dollars for our economy. From the Crescent City Classic to lacrosse, sailing, basketball, and more, the Sugar Bowl has something for most everyone. For more on the great things the Sugar Bowl is doing, log on to AllstateSugarBowl.org. Sponsored by Allstate, Taco Bell, and Dr. Pepper. If you want to be treated right, you go to Bergeron. Bergeron will give you the best deal. You just know you can trust these people. They're from here. They get me. You know, buying a car doesn't have to be a scary experience. It's anything but a Bergeron. Everybody knows that. Everybody. I grew up with a Bergeron. I went to school with a Bergeron. This is the fourth car I've bought from here. That makes me a Bergeron. I'm a Bergeron. I'm a Bergeron. I'm a bourgeois. Get out of here. I'm a Bergeron. Everybody knows a Bergeron. Bergeron Automotive on Veterans in Metairie. This is your weekly forum for genuine substantive talk with a focus on fairness and facts. Time to share your passion on the Three Tailgaters Show here on 1061 Nash Icon, NashFM1061.com, and through CrescentCitySports.com. Call 504-260-1061. Ken and Ed marching forward on this Saturday morning with your calls. You heard the number. And here's Kurt in New Orleans. Hi, Kurt. Thanks for the call, and welcome to the Three Tailgaters Show. Good morning. Hey, Ed, Kenny, how y'all doing? Good. Hey, Kurt, what's up, bud? Look, hey, man, just quick comment before my comment on the fourth down. Yeah. You're right. The Saints, you know, the, the cancel culture, um, the political correctness doesn't apply to uh, Kansas City like it applies to us. You know, I mean, Kelsey did what he did. He apologized on, on his brother's, you know, um, show. Well, his, brother, and, his brother called him out. That's right. His brother oh, yeah. called him out. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and, 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 and guess what? If he wouldn't have grabbed his arm, because he did grab his arm. He, he might, if he'd have mm-hmm. fell, might be a little more fallout. And you can't have a double standard. So either way, he should be fined, I think. But, mm-hmm. you know, you got to kick look, you, you got to kick the field goal. It wasn't, it wasn't fourth and four from that 10 or that five. You know, you got to give yourself a chance for sudden death afterwards. 
Uh, you got to kick the field goal. I, I think that's ridiculous. The other thing is, and this is my segue, they were three for 12 on third down. You got to give so much credit to Spagnola for dialing it up when he had to, how he had to. Even mm-hmm. Purdy said on that third and four with two minutes left in regulation, you're yeah. supposed to go inside to outside. He really could have, he should have hit, I mean, easy to say now, he should have hit a uke. A uke was open. Um, you know, he couldn't side on it, side on it like a, like a Mahomes type pass. You know, he dialed it up on a young quarterback when he had to. And it was, it was, it was as much of a difference as that kicking game, I think. You know, uh, you can't give Spags enough credit, man. Um, and they picked their poison. I'm going to say one more thing. Look at Ayuk. Look at Kittle. Look at Dobbs. Look at, look, you know, look at their numbers. All these top receivers that had under 50 yards, they picked mm-hmm. their poison. And their poison was McCaffrey. He had 80 yards receiving. They weren't going to necessarily stop him. But they clamped. And they clamped hard on, on the people that he relied on. Well, I mean, look, you know, look, you know? I, I, Kurt, I understand Spagnuolo getting a lot of credit, and he deserves yeah. it, all right? Yeah. But, look, yeah. let's be honest. Kansas City has a great secondary. Oh, okay? yeah. Be- they're, best, they're, best pair of cornerbacks in the league. Yeah, their oh, yeah. they, they, guys are shut down people, okay? He's got the players. He's got the players. Right. I mean, look, there's a lot of things you can be creative defensively with if you got those two guys on the outside. If you can oh, yeah. trust those guys in a, on a 50-50 ball down the middle to win that play in a Super yeah. Bowl, I mean, that's a, that's a big, big thing. And look, they've got Chris Jones. They had to make a decision as an organization. Are they going to invest in Chris Jones? Or are they going to invest in Tyreek Hill? Basically, that was the decision they made. And, and they, they, got deve- they got a re-decision and, to make too right now. Whatever. Right. Yeah, and exactly. So – you know, look, I mean, they, they, they have a, a really good team on defense. The reason I picked San Francisco in the game is because I thought they could run the football. But they, they didn't did, run they the did. football very no, much. No, no, no. After the first two carries, 17 yards, it was 20, I think, for 60-something. <laughs> You're right. I mean, he got well, they, didn't run mean, it, they didn't run it much. McCaffrey had 80 yards rushing, 80 yards right. receiving. He was their right. guy, obviously, right. but – no, you're right. In the second half, they did not run the ball as much. They didn't run the ball. They were throwing the football all the time. And I yeah. was like, wait a minute. What is your personality as an offense? And that personality is play-action fake, quarterback, foot in the ground, ball out quickly. Am I right? Sure. Absolutely. That's what they do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, the funny thing, they mentioned um, they mentioned the coach at Frisco. They said, you know, there was another, there was another, another head coach that couldn't get over the hump. Made it to a bunch of championship games, couldn't win it, and he finally, you know, talking about Andy Reid, and he, yes. you know, he found, and he put he changed teams. He finally, what he found, he found the best quarterback possibly of all time. So Spagnola, you know, I mean Spagnola, um, you know Shanahan, he may stay with Purdy, probably, but um, I thought that was a great comparison Chris Sims made. I heard him say, man, you know, yeah. um, well, you know what I think is going to be very interesting, Kirk. What I think is going to be very interesting going into the draft, okay, I don't think Michael Penix is going to be in the top 10 or 15 picks. I don't know if he's going to be a first-round pick. He might not be a first-round pick, but I think it's going to be very interesting because you'll have teams late in the first round who have very good teams, okay, who are going to take a flyer on him. Somebody Somebody is going to say, I can win with this guy. All right. Wow. And and it it might be a very curious thing as to who would draft that quarterback, because when you get late in the first round, teams with really good players are drafting. Mm-hmm. And 
I'll be very curious to see how that turns out. I mean, yep. do we go in? I mean, it wouldn't be a bad idea to go in with a young quarterback with a with a car who has one more you know year of a difficult contract. But after this year coming up, it's more easier to do you know if you want to release or, or do something else. Why not grab a young guy? You know that um, we can develop, man. Like the you know like the great teams do. Like the great teams. Well, do, you know, I mean, you know, I'll be you know? here's here's one thing that I'll be curious about too uh, yeah. was with the draft, and I think it's going to be a very compelling draft. Uh, you know, will the Saints leverage some of their draft capital from next year to go up mm. and get another player in the top round or two? Because mm. right now, they're going to get compensatory picks. Most mm. of those will be in the fifth round for right. some of the free mm. agents they lost. But they mm. have a first and a second round pick right now. My guess is at some point, they're going to identify a player, and they're mm. going to trade up, mm. you know, in that in that first or second round to mm. get someone. And that's something that's been their personality over the years, and it wouldn't surprise me if it happened mm. again. You know, someone said that um, if, if you don't like Mahomes in that group, then find something else to do between September and January because they're going to be around for a while the way, you know, the way he's playing, you know, in – I'm going to say one more thing. Chris Sims, you know, is talking about his dad, you know, and Phil said when he retired at 37 or 38, the shame of it was he knew everything. Not a defense he hadn't seen, not a coordinator he hadn't played against. His body couldn't answer it. So what's going to happen when Mahomes knows everything a few years from now? He'll still be he'll be better. Maybe not as quick on his feet, but that that's scary, you know. Definitely. Sure. Is, you know. Thank you all. Sure. Have a great day. Thank you. You too, man. Uh, pleasure. Thank you for the call. 504-260-1061. Yep, first-round pick. Second round pick from Denver. You know, got the fifth, sixth, and seventh round picks. That's the schedule right now. But as you mentioned, compensatory picks uh, would appear to be coming as well. So they have at least five. They might have as many as seven. But we'll see what uh, comes of that and also uh, what they want to do. If they want to stand pat in the first round or try to get up from 14. Or if they want to move up in the second round. You know, my guess is, Ed, that they probably stay where they're at in the first round, but that they look perhaps to move up in subsequent rounds, which is, of course, something they did this past year. I mean, that, that's what I'm guessing at this point. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think a move up is definitely, you know, plus you got you to gotta look at where they are as a club. If they identify someone that they think in the first, you know, 64 picks or whatever, that – that can help them immediately this year. I think they're going to go get that player. Yeah, I think so. And as you mentioned, offensive tackle, look, there's as many as five guys, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, it, it seems to me they're going to have one that they would really like in that 14th slot. And it'd be very hard not to go that route unless there's just a player that knocks your socks off at another mm -hmm. position that's still on the board. Well, I mean, you know, you've seen them attached to, to J.C. Latham, and, you know, if that if he were the pick, that wouldn't be a bad selection. I mean, that guy's a good player. I mean, you know, the tackle at Notre Dame is going is to probably not be on the board when they're there. Um, you know, um, who knows? Maybe they try to trade back into the first round later and, and get somebody. I, I, you know, I just think there's a, there's a lot of possibilities, and the Saints mm -hmm. traditionally as an organization are aggressive. And, you know, some of those things work out. Some of them don't. But, but if you look at some of the ones that did work out, you know, Mark Ingram worked out. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Alvin Kamara worked out. Eric McCoy worked out. I mean, you know, it's, it's some of them don't. Marcus Davenport did not work. Yeah, and they made a decision on Trey Hendrickson that was a terrible decision. Yes. In retrospect. So, you know, you can argue about Marcus Williams. Marcus Williams, talent-wise, is better than what they have, but he, he misses a lot of games, Ed. So, and that's been his problem since he's been with Baltimore. So, uh, again, the decisions you make, uh, money plays a large role. You've got to incorporate that, but the decisions you make obviously determine the success you have. And right now, they've, they've got to make good decisions. I mean, they have a tremendous need offensive line-wise. They haven't needed safety. Uh, they might have a needed running back. And, you know, I mean, look, and in depth otherwise, I just think uh, they're in a position where you're going to have to just make good decisions. I mean, they got to get three players out of this draft, have to. And in free agency, I don't know that there's anything there. Quarterback is obviously the target there. You find a veteran guy that you can find a backup. If you're not going to retain Winston, that's the other decision that they have to make and then do their magic with the cap, as they always seem to do. All right, it's 504-260-1061. That's 504-260-1061. We'll take a time out here when we return to Pelicans at the All-Star break. We'll talk about that as we continue. Ken and Ed, Three Tailgater Show. Rudy Dixon, our producer. And we are back in just a moment here on Nash Icon 1061 FM and at NashFM1061.com. Inside New Orleans, if it's New Orleans sports, culture, food. Inside New Orleans with Eric Asher is talking about it. Weekdays at 4 on 1061 Nash Icon and available online anytime at NashFM1061.com. Hey, any big plans for today? Yep, checking out Target's four-day sale. Oh, for what? For scoring 20% off. For 20% off. For everything you need for spring. 20% off tees, jeans, and shoes. Even select bedding, bath, storage, and more. Wait, for real? For how long? Four days. That's the name of the sale. Target's four-day sale. Ah, the four-day sale. Count me in for sure. Don't miss Target's four-day sale. Ends Monday. Restrictions apply. See Target.com for details. Asante came to TurboTax after graduating from culinary school and landing a job in the hottest kitchen in town. My hands are full all day, every day. I love it. Asante, as your TurboTax expert, I'll make your moves count, guaranteeing 100% accurate filing and your maximum refund. Sound good? Yes, expert! Switch to Intuit TurboTax and make your moves count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Jessica, this is the happiest day of my life. Right up there with the day I bought my RV and insured it with Progressive. Man, I love that thing. There are a million fish in the sea, which I'm reminded of every time I bring my RV to the lake, but I vow to love and cherish you just as much as I cherish campsites with full electric and water hookups. I'm so sorry. Protect your beloved with an RV policy from Progressive. Take as little as four minutes to see what you could save at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Can I get a weight reading on the cat in exam three? Zuri needs a new vet tech after their current one literally moved to a farm. But finding an ideal replacement takes some training. This is like hurting cats. Indeed can help them hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Schedule virtual interviews and talk to candidates right from your employer dashboard. Visit indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. 
With over 15 acres of cars and trucks at the Lamarck Automotive Complex, there must be a reason. Buying a new car shouldn't be complicated. That's why our expert staff is here to help. I've been selling new Ford cars and trucks since 1970. That's over 50 years. Wow, there must be a reason. With your lifestyle and budget in mind, our finance team works hard to be the best in the business. Only at Lamarck Ford, at the Lamarck Automotive Complex. There must be a reason. When the final horn blows at the All-State Sugar Bowl, the action is just beginning as another jam-packed year of Sugar Bowl activity lies just ahead. With over 55 annual events, including all Louisiana high school state championships, the Sugar Bowl support of amateur athletics adds up to big fun and big dollars for our economy. From the Crescent City Classic to lacrosse, sailing, basketball, and more, the Sugar Bowl has something for most everyone. For more on the great things the Sugar Bowl is doing, log on to AllStateSugarBowl.org. Sponsored by Allstate, Taco Bell, and Dr. Pepper. Don't be shy. Join in the conversation with Ken and Ed on the Three Tailgaters Show on 1061 Nash Icon, NashFM1061.com, and through CrescentCitySports.com. Call now, 504-260-1061. Ken and Ed with you on this Saturday morning. Always a pleasure. And the New Orleans Pelicans are at the All-Star break at 11 games over 500. The best record they've had since the 08-09 season at the break. There's reason for optimism. Uh, they signed Robinson Earl to a permanent contract now, by the way, as of today, uh, to their permanent roster. So, Ed, uh, again, it's, it's optimism, but, but it has to be, you know, it has to be what I guess the best terminology would be uh, conservative optimism because – they're good, but they're not great. And the problem is the Western Conference is so good. And it's not even about who's ahead of them. Mm-hmm. It's who's behind them. The Lakers are, are loaded now with Dinwiddie, and they might make another move. The Warriors have mm-hmm. Draymond Green back, and they're playing well. And they're in arrears. Dallas, with Irving and Doncic healthy together, is really good. And that mm-hmm. doesn't even include the teams that are ahead of them right now. So here's my take on this Pelican situation. They've got to take advantage and beat the teams that they're favored to beat, that they're supposed to beat. Because facing these other teams that are really good uh, is mm-hmm. a tough road, and these teams, I think, are going to continue winning. I don't. Mm-hmm. Phoenix now, Beal's, Beal's got a hamstring again, so keep an eye on that. But mm-hmm. obviously they've, been, they've had, they got Booker and Durant. So, and those top four teams are really good. I don't see mm-hmm. them catching any of them. So I guess my point is I'm optimistic, and yet it's measured optimism. Does that make any sense to you? Yeah, but you know what, Kenny? Uh, if you look at their schedule, and I've looked at every game they have to play the rest of the, the regular season, I mean, to me, this w- looks like a 50-win team. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say, they've got to win at least 48. If they yeah. want to get in the top six and stay yeah, out of the play-in, they've got to win at least 48. Look, if, they, if you look at their schedule the last 27 games – there's no reason why they can't be 17 and 10. And if they're 17 and 10, they win 50 games. Mm-hmm. And if they win 50 games, they're going to avoid the play-in. And you know that's a that's a great thing, all right. And that's but winning a round in the playoffs is going to be very hard because the West is absolutely insane. Yep. And it's going to be really, really difficult. Really difficult. 
Think about so, Think about the fact but, that you might be playing one of those teams I mentioned, Golden State, who they struggle with, the Lakers, who they struggle yeah. with. They don't or match even, up with the Lakers. They do okay. not match up with the Lakers at all. They don't match up with Phoenix. All right. So I mean, look, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of teams that would would give them trouble. The West is brutal, but the one thing they've got to do is when they come back from the break, they've got to win these three games at home. They've got they've got to win those three games next week. They yes, they play Houston, Miami, Houston, Miami, and Chicago. They should win all three of those games. Well, they have to. I mean, these teams could beat them. They're not bad, okay? No, I'm not saying they're bad, but what I'm no, saying is but they're favorite. you're at home they're and favorite. yeah, yeah, you're you're at home and you're the better team. You've got to win those games, okay? You've got to win those games. And and they've got to they've got to win those games. They have to win those games. And there's no question about that. They they have to win those games. And you know, but look, I, I think I think they have a chance to be a fifty win team. If they've won forty eight games, that means they're fifteen and twelve over the last twenty seven. And right. to me that based on the schedule they are playing at the end of the season, that would be a disappointment. Forty eight wins would be a really good season, but fifty wins would be I know, but but ideal. but ideal. based on Based on the fact that you have 33 already, okay, right. I don't yeah. think 48 at this point would be something that you would want to settle for. I think if you get to 50, then you're out of the play-in and you've, you've set yourself up as well as you can. And look, let's be honest about what they're doing right now. you got to give Zion Williamson credit, all right? His numbers are down a little bit from last year. But over the last six games, he's been incredible. I mean, the guy's had three 30-point games. He's played very well for the most part. And he's played 43 games. So if, if, he, if he continues on this pace, he's going to play the most games he's played since he's been here. Now, maybe that's not saying a lot, but you've got to give the guy credit. And the game he played the other night was pretty special. No, he's gotten better as the season has progressed. He's been better over the last month, no question. And, and you've got to, you got to give him credit, Kenny. You got to, you got to give him credit. Look, we we've criticized him. You've got to give the guy credit. He's done a great job. And we have. And the fact of the matter is, he's they used him most effectively as as a guy with the basketball out high. And starting from there, because not only does he get ahead of steam and can beat people off the dribble, and if he gets if he beats you off the first bounce, you're dead. With his strength, mm-hmm. he'll either get a basket or he'll get fouled or both. Uh, and, of course, the other part of that is he's turned into an assist machine. I mean, he has, he has clearly yes. figured out how to, how to play at that spot and how to create opportunities for others. Now, part of that is the fact that you got shooters that are now making shots. Herb Jones is a dramatically improved shooter, and it makes mm-hmm. a huge difference. You know, and Trey, Trey Murphy's Murphy, starting to make them again. He's starting to make them again, and he's been a bit disappointing up right. until then, but he's starting to make them. We know C.J. McCollum can make the three. You know, Najee Marshall can make, make an occasional three. So, mm-hmm. same thing with Alvarado. It can make an mm-hmm. occasional three. You know, and, and they're not playing the rookie right now, but he certainly can shoot threes. So, Zion is trusting his teammates. He's creating. And if it's not there for him, he's creating opportunities. But you could say the same thing about Brandon Ingram. Look at his mm-hmm. assist numbers. They're, they're dramatically up. They're huge. 
So yes. both of their star players, the numbers are down scoring, but both of them are sharing the basketball and, and, and allowing, you know, and trusting teammates to make plays and to make shots. And I think that's what's made them a better team overall. You know, their biggest, to me, everybody talks, well, they need a point guard. Okay. So I get that. And maybe that's part of it. But to me, their biggest issue is center. And it remains their biggest issue. Larry Nance is a, is a nice guy off the bench, an energy guy, but he's not a center. And Jonas Valanciunas struggles against, you know, mobile centers, against guys that can either shoot it on the perimeter or that are mobile. He struggles on the defensive end. And he's in the final year of his contract. So I think that's the position, Ed, that you need to focus on, not just the rest of this season, but moving forward. Mm-hmm. Well, I understand. I get it. And uh, you know what, though? I, I think it's going to be a fun few months. Well, it is because the Pelicans have not been in this position before. You know, they've been playing for the play-in spot basically the last few years. Now, you know, again, we heard it over and over again. We want to see what this team can be and let it play out over a full season to see what they can be if we're healthy. Well, for the most part, that's what you've had this year. And we're getting some evidence of that. They're 11 over 500. What we found out to this point is they're a pretty good to good team. They're not a great team, but they're a pretty good to good team. That's made progress. Can they improve with this roster? They still have some young players. Uh, can they do something with one key piece you know, by next year? Maybe so. Because right now, I don't think they're a championship team, but I do think they're a playoff team. And I said playoff, not play in. Yeah, I think they're a playoff team too. I don't think there's any doubt. And the reason I say that is because I think they're better than Sacramento. And they've beaten Sacramento four times. And that would be the team you knock out to get – into that top six amongst those teams. Now, you never know about health. You know, if somebody gets an injury, it could change everything. But I don't think they're catching the top four teams. Do you? No, I don't. I don't. But I'll tell you what, if they were out of the play-in and they won 50 games, I'd say that's a heck of a season, don't you? Yeah, that's, that's clearly uh, major progress and what you want to see uh, with a team that hopefully is blossoming. You know, you've still got – Younger players in the league. Ingram's kind of in the middle now, where his career is concerned, approaching the middle, prime time. Zion's still a young player in the league, especially the number of games that have been played. And certainly Herb Jones is a young player. Trey Murphy's a young player. Uh, Jose Alvarado's a young player. Marshall's a young player. Hawkins is a young player. Dyson Daniels is a young player. So they have a core group of young players that, that would seem to have good futures in this league. I agree. I mean, I th- I think they're I think they're an intriguing team. And you know, look, um, got to step on the gas here down the stretch. They do. They're just in a tough conference, man. And it, it, you know, just brutal. Imagine, imagine what Memphis would be if they were healthy. <laughs> That's again, that's how yeah. this conference is. Houston's better. San Antonio's going to get better with Ren Benyama. You can bet on that. They're going to be in a lottery again. So. This conference isn't going to get any softer. If anything, it's going to get tougher. So that's the Pelicans scenario as we speak. All right, it's 504-260-1061 to join us. Back with a final word or two as we continue with the Three Tailgater Show on a Saturday morning. Ed Daniels with Ken Trahan here on Nash Icon 1061 FM and at NashFM1061.com.
If you want to be treated right, you go to Bergeron. Bergeron will give you the best deal. You just know you can trust these people. They're from here. They get me. You know, buying a car doesn't have to be a scary experience. It's anything but a Bergeron. Everybody knows that. Everybody. I grew up with a Bergeron. I went to school with a Bergeron. This is the fourth car I've bought from here. That makes me a Bergeron. I'm a Bergeron. I'm a Bergeron. I'm a bourgeois. Get out of here. I'm a Bergeron. Everybody knows a Bergeron. Bergeron Automotive on Veterans in Metairie. Many times during these last few years, it's been quite easy for all of us to be discouraged at times. <laughs> Boy, I can tell you about that. But one thing I have learned, there is an answer that will keep us strong during trying times. This is Michael Green with a LifeGate word of encouragement. In one of the parables, Jesus tells the story of a seed that was planted into soil. And he said, and immediately the evil one came to steal that seed. Well, as you read it a little bit further, you realize the seed is the word of the Lord. Hebrews 4 tells us the word of the Lord is quick, powerful, and sharp. That's the key. That's the secret. And during these trying times, I don't see how we can survive without the word of the Lord in our hearts. Protect the word. Read the word. Stay in the word. That will keep you strong. Join me and Linda this Sunday at LifeGate. We start at 10 o'clock. We're at 1317 Butternut Avenue in Metairie. Or check us out on Facebook, LifeGate Church Ministries. Join us at LifeGate, where the priority is the word. With over 15 acres of cars and trucks at the Lamarck Automotive Complex, there must be a reason. Buying a new car shouldn't be complicated. That's why our expert staff is here to help. I've been selling new Ford cars and trucks since 1970. It's over 50 years. Wow, there must be a reason. With your lifestyle and budget in mind, our finance team works hard to be the best in the business. Only at Lamarck Ford at the Lamarck Automotive Complex. There must be a reason. Chad Dudley Baton Rouge, number 2416373, paid jingle singer. For 54 years, privateer student-athletes have proudly worn New Orleans across their chests. Join NOLA's team today. We are your crew. To learn more about New Orleans athletics and how to join our crew, go to unoprivateers.com. Top service, locally owned, outstanding deals, conveniently located, professionals motivated to sell where the customer comes first. That describes the experience at Premier Automotive Group, where you'll find the best prices anywhere on Toyota, Honda, Nissan, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, and Kia. Premier Automotive offers a warranty for life on its vehicles and a money-back guarantee. Visit my friend Troy Duhon at one of his outstanding dealerships, Toyota of New Orleans, Premier Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, Fiat, and Premier Honda in New Orleans, Premier Nissan in Metairie, and Premier Kia in Kenner. We're winding down on the Three Tailgaters Show at 504-260-1061. Now back to Ken Trahan and Ed Daniels. As we close things down, we want to thank John Dooley. Thanks to Mike DiLiberto for joining us on the show. And, of course, it's a huge day at Fairgrounds today. You know, you've got a great situation with stakes races everywhere. And we look forward to seeing what transpires there. Of course, college baseball is mentioned all over the map today. And I'll have Delgado games which you can watch live at 2 and 4 p.m. on DelgadoAthletics.com, which is where I'm in route to take care of that as we speak. LSU, Tulane, 
and the University of New Orleans back in action today as well. And again, LSU women's basketball, Ed, as we close out in the final minute, uh, again, starting to develop a little bit of depth and trusting a couple more players, and that's what they have to do if they want to be that kind of team that they were last year. Well, you know, I mean, they made some changes, and I, I think that um, that those changes are warranted. They, they, they need they need someone who can set pe- people up a little bit better, and I think they're they're probably getting that with Poa. Yep, Kaylin Clark, the all-time scoring leader now, but South Carolina certainly is the team to beat. Nobody has beat them, and that's unbelievable what they've done with their program and retooling as fast as they have. Yeah, what a pleasure. It's been great again. We'll do it again next week. Okay, man. Look forward to it. All right. Our thanks to Rudy Dixon for a job well done. We'll be back on Monday. We'll have, of course, all access sports talk coming up Tuesday, and we'll have baseball for you with Archbishop Bowman and Archbishop Shaw coming up at 630 then. Until next time, Ken Trahan saying thank you for joining us and be a good sport. God bless you one and all. We are rounding third and